Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Jason. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lock and Key. At least for now. Today we'll be covering the 10th episode of season one, the season finale entitled Crown of Shadows. Yeah. So, what do we think about this one so far? What are your thoughts? About this episode? About this episode. Um, I like it a lot i thought it was pretty satisfying conclusion to the season and um it was tense and scary and it had some cool moments and everything and also there were some of the main problems that have held the series back from being as great as it could be in there too i actually one of my points is all like kind of nitpicks and stuff and it's Mm -hmm. really long but even though i have that i still i came away feeling good about it like i i really enjoyed it so it's kind of weird like i definitely have some things to pick on with it but i really enjoyed it what about you good i i think for the most part i did too and i think it has a lot to do with i think the director the director and i'm going to i suck at foreign names so i apologize guys you know this about me already um vincenzo natali we talked about mm-hmm. him last week. Um, yep. So he has, he directed both of these episodes. And I feel that because of that, and I'm not saying that this always has to be kind of the routine or anything, because it's good to have different directors and get different perspectives and different viewpoints and, and different skills and techniques that different directors use um, in TV shows. But I think something about him doing these last two episodes really kind of brought a, like a cohesiveness. Like it felt like if you, and we only watched week to week, but I feel like if, if we had binged it or watched episodes nine and 10 or yes, nine and 10 together, it would have felt like one big episode, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. I I liked how well that, you know, this one started right where the other one left off and just kind of rolled right into each other. Um, So I really liked that. And I think he did a a pretty good job. Yeah. As I mentioned last week, he's, he's a favorite director of mine and he, when he was doing movies, they were kind of a a David Cronenberg is one of his influences. So he, he's kind of off the wall, twisted, edgy, weird, kind of movies and so Mm -hmm. i think he was able to infuse some of that like we'll talk about it more but i thought the shadow creatures were done pretty well in this one and they were creepy and cool yeah i think that's good at that so he directed an episode well i don't know maybe it was more than one but he's directed for american gods um westworld and uh he also directed the movie in the tall grass from netflix Mm -hmm. so that is a joe that was a joe hill I think, or was it? Oh, Stephen that must King? be. Sorry, yeah, no, I'm sorry, Stephen King. How, how he got it? No, it's Joe Hill. You're right. Is it Joe Hill? Mm-hmm. Okay, my bad. I couldn't remember. Gosh, you see so much stuff from Joe Hill and his dad Stephen King that I think I might have <laughs> intermingled that. But yeah, he directed that as well, that Netflix movie. So I'm interested in checking that out as well. Um, in, in I read the story. It's based on a kind of a really long short story slash novella, and it's um really disturbing i i liked it but i like pretty dark things and it was some of the darkest like probably one of the darkest stories i've ever read really um yeah but then uh i heard the movie kind of 
had to pad it out because, you know, it's based on a short story and that it kind of meandered and wasn't as good as the story. I haven't seen it though, so I don't know for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I remember seeing this come out and I had thought about seeing if we had time in our schedule. Um, Cause I can't remember exactly when it came out, it came out way before lock and key. And I thought, I wonder if that should be mm-hmm. something that we cover on um, strange indeed. Cause we love Stephen King really like Joe Hill. Um, right. And thought it would be kind of right up our Alex. I heard it was kind of twisty um, and dark. I love dark stuff too. So I don't know. Might have to check that out. We'll see. But anyway, um, I, I, I really liked this episode as well for a lot of the reasons that you said as well. So I don't know. I'm kind of sad it's over. I know. Well, at least we don't, at least they announced a season two. So that totally changes. Like if they hadn't, or if they had canceled it, this would be a much different feeling, you know? So you'd be a little bit more upset had they said, or hadn't announced it yet. Well, if they hadn't announced it, I'd be upset. But if they'd canceled it, I would be depressed right now. Like, okay, well, this is it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because they left it in such a way that it's like, oh, are you kidding me? I mean, it was a good cliffhanger, yeah. um, and clearly I mean, there was more enough, to tell. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, I mean, it could have been worse. Like, at least the lock kids think that their life is going to be okay, so it felt like a little bit of closure there. But um, I don't know. I just knowing that it wasn't going to come back would be really depressing to talk about the final episode. It's just kind of like that firefly feeling. I don't want to have that feeling about this show. No, no, that's no good. Or Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, when we had to cover season season three finale and it had this cliffhanger that promised such really cool and interesting things to come and yet faded never to be. I know. And and they had kind of left it open ended there at the end. Totally. Yeah. So so now with this, it's, it's a much happier feeling. Like we get to talk about this climax to the first season with the knowledge that there's more to come. Mm, Yeah. Ash for Seville. I still feel a stab in the heart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every time I think about that, I'd love to go back and rewatch that one. I haven't seen it since um, season three aired originally. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I I did a quick rewatch before season three aired to kind of get, you know, just well, and because it's fun. Um, Yeah. It's so great. Um, I've been podcasting for 10 years and I think the most I've ever laughed is when, Richard and I covered the first episode of that. I just couldn't even talk. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, that was always a great podcast with you guys. Cause it was so fun. You said everything that, like the exact thing that I was thinking while I was watching it. You guys were laughing about all the same things that I laughed about. Um, so yeah, that was a really great podcast um, that you guys did. Thanks, and yeah. m- made me feel like one of the boys hanging out mm-hmm. with y'all, sitting there talking about it. Um so, yeah, that was super fun. I recommend that to everyone if y'all haven't seen Ash vs. Evil Dead. I think it's all on Netflix, so you can Except go watch all you know all it season. was canceled mid-story, so you got to go <laughs> being ready for that. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that some people appreciate the heads up, you yeah, know, absolutely. at least going into it. I know mm. I would, at least kind of, sometimes it eases the pain a little bit. Totally. Eases it's worth a watch. Totally it's definitely worth, worth watching, watch. even though it, they oh didn't my get God. the finish it. That one episode in season two, which I won't talk about, but um, 
or was it season three? Oh my gosh, you'll know what it <laughs> I is. I know which one you're but- thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it for that alone. Just go watch it. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, I don't know how we get so off track every time we start talking about this show and it goes off into other shows. Um, waiting for us to start talking about Great British Bake Off again. Um, I'm sure most folks are probably waiting on that to happen, as we always do. But um, how about, because I feel like we're going to have so much to unpack for this episode, why don't we go ahead and jump into our top five? So one last time, Jason, let's number <laughs> Here we five. Go. Actually, um, are you sure? You, maybe you should go first this time. You want me to go first? Yeah. Ladies first. Oh, okay. Well, why not? Um, <clears throat> so, well, my number five, I wanted to talk a little bit about Nina and Detective uh, Matuku. Uh, I'm probably mm-hmm. mispronouncing his name wrong, too, but everybody knows who I'm talking about. Um, so I was wrong. I'm big enough to accept it. <laughs> so my first thought... You mentioned this last week already about whether he was hitting on her. Yes. So I, I feel I was really wrong about that. Um and I first thought, you know, going back, I, you know, because we kind of talked about it before when he came to the house after Sam Lesser had attacked them at the house and he came just to check on him. And I think you might have questioned, look, well, why was he doing that? Was he really there just being neighborly or, you know, was he doing it for other reasons? And, you know, I first thought he was just trying to help her um, and just kind of go above and beyond knowing she's probably going through a hard time. She's lost her husband. She's all alone. She's got three kids trying to figure it out. She's in a new town. Um and then in the last episode, I kind of got weird vibes that he was kind of, you know, trying to pick her up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And this episode really cleared it up for me that he really was just trying to help her and that he himself, who uh, struggled with um, alcoholism and addiction, recognized that she, you know, might fumble with her recovery and wanted to help, you know, her because he's also in recovery. And I think kind of wanting to maybe be like a, a sponsor to her or offer his help and have have someone to talk to in a new town. I mean, yes, there's meetings and such that she can go to, but I think it's always nice to have like a one-on-one person to kind of talk to and, you know, um, confide in. So I think that's really nice. And we had some eagle-eyed um, listeners that were watching the episode that um, left some feedback on our page um, that, you know, cause I, they listened to the podcast and heard me say that. And they were like, well, you know, Hey, you know, the, the, when they were in front of that church and the church sign um, had some verbiage on it that indicated that it was a meeting for AA, I wasn't aware of that. So that totally makes sense that if he's there and then he's running into her there and they're both there for an AA meeting, that should have been pretty clear, at least for me. Um, But it wasn't because I didn't know that. So um, yeah, it's some code or something that that I forgot what it was, but one of the listeners, but I actually, I think that's kind of what I was thinking last episode that, you know, she was nervous about going into this meeting. So I, I figured it was an AA meeting and I thought maybe he, um, was also an alcoholic going to the meeting, but you know, mm-hmm. saw that she was uncomfortable with it. So offered to take her to coffee, but it's interesting. Cause I thought you were going to say, I mean, I still think he was picking up on her. I think he, you think so? Yeah. I mean, he, oh. he seemed really, they were giving each other goo goo eyes and even she seemed like receptive to it. You know, I had a really nice time and big smiles and everything. So I kind of thought this was them sort of flirting with the idea of getting together and 
I don't know. I think, um, you know, it's not always 100% one thing or the other. He could have genuinely been wanting to help, but also thought she was attractive. Um, but I just think it, it's hard. I, I think they had good chemistry in this episode, but it's hard for me to like him because he was such a bad detective <laughs> when the Dean died and he dismissed yeah. everything that she said too to her. He just, I mean, it was some good points she had and he's like, ah, no, that's no, don't worry about it. And so after that, it, 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 I look, you know, if, I, if that hadn't happened, I would look at all of this as sort of an innocent, like, oh, he, he kind of likes her. He's, you know, feeling out the situation. That's cute. She seems to like him too. It's all cute. But now I'm just sort of like, he's kind of a creep. That's how I feel about him. And I, I don't think we're supposed to feel that way, but that's how I feel. Mm. I see your side. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and now here we've got the disappearance of, of Ellie. So if, if he w- kind of fumbled and, and maybe was, you know, only at 50 percent, you know, of, of, you know, doing a great job um, with when Joe died, you know, well, what about this disappearance of Ellie? You know, we didn't really get a whole lot of, you know, it's really, you know, Bodie asking those questions and kind of like, well, what happened? And yeah. You know, if he goes and, you know, enters the black door and rescues her from the demon dimension, then I'll totally forgive everything. (laughs) Would that redeem him for you? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, he can date Nina, whatever he wants. Right. And I, yeah. Okay. So, well, and I got that too. I kind of thought maybe there at the end when they were leaving that um, restaurant, cafe, whatever it was, where they were getting coffee, that, you know, they seemed to be kind of connecting more on a personal level, not just a, Hey, I want to reach out to you. And, you know, so you can talk to me about, you know, your struggles or your recovery and know that you've got someone to talk to you about that. But it did seem to, you know, that she seemed a little googly eyed when he yeah. left, you know? So, I mean, yeah. and that's totally fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me I just too. thought his first if initial not for the bungling detective thing, I would be okay yeah, with yeah. it. Hey, it's, there's no, nothing wrong with two people getting together, but I did think it was a problem that they just established that she was about to go to an AA meeting and he leaves her at what looked like a bar with lots of alcohol right yeah, there. Yeah, it looked like just a coffee shop. <laughs> no, go <laughs> back and look. It's <laughs> yeah. shelves filled with booze, I think. Yeah, I think I that it wrong. was like a bar know. type. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't pay too close attention, but I, <laughs> I thought that kind of looks like a bar, not just a... Yeah. Maybe he's okay being in that situation because I know some folks are that I you think know, are he's recovering dodge. alcoholics, but... You think so? <laughs> yes, that's my well, prediction. Might be why he's fumbled the investigation and not looked so hard. Right. <laughs> <because> <laughs> Everyone's dodge. I think after this episode, you can't trust anybody and assume <laughs> that people are who they are at face value. So anyway, I was going to just throw that out there because mm-hmm. I know we've talked about it in other episodes. So just wanted to kind of put that out there, but, um, I'm curious to hear your number five. Okay. I'm going to sort of get some negativity out of the way. It's like questionable actions that people take. And, <laughs> okay. you know, now that we're done watching the series, I had been avoiding reading any articles or anything about lock and key. Cause I didn't want to get spoiled, but mm-hmm. my inclination usually when I'm watching something that I'm digging is to dive in and read the interviews and the behind the scenes and all that. So, yeah. and the comments and everything. So I started reading a bunch of it and I was like, wow, there's a lot of complaints about people doing dumb things mm-hmm. like Ellie taking the shadow key with her to get the crown of shadows or the kids not using the music box key to fight 
Sam. I mean, the things that we brought up on the podcast, but yep. there's such anger about the stuff and it, it, it start. I, I'm actually kind of glad that I wasn't reading it this whole time. Cause I think it might've colored my perception mm-hmm. of the show. Cause for us, it was sort of like, Oh yeah, this was kind of dumb, but I still really like this show. And if I had been reading a lot of that, um, it might've made me feel less would good have been, about the it, show. It would have infected you. Maybe. Negativity infected you. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but I do agree it's a problem and it, this is kind of speculative, but the only other uh, Carlton Cuse is one of the two showrunners and the only other show of his I've watched is lost. And I think he's a really mm-hmm. impressive showrunner in a lot of ways. Very impressive. But one thing about lost is a lot of times people acted in ways that seemed stupid purely for the sake of making it more dramatic. Mm-hmm. And there were, I feel like that's a problem here on um, lock and key. So I am letting this infect me, I guess. <laughs> and, <laughs> Sounds like it infected you just a little bit later in the game. <laughs> yeah. But there's also a lot of complaints about the show not being dark, like in the comics or in the mm-hmm. focus of teen drama and romance. And I actually started off having some of those thoughts, but I, I think it really, you know, I was able to let go of that for the most part and um, appreciate the show for what it was. And I think, did a good job of being what it was. It's not like exactly like the comic, but it's in its own right. It's pretty good. So I was able to kind of ignore that stuff. But um, anyways, so here's some of the stuff in this episode that I thought kind of fit along those lines of characters doing questionable actions. And some of it might have answers. Maybe you can help me with it. But uh, one is Dodge gets Ellie to turn into a female Dodge like her by transforming in front of her and then inserting the identity key into Ellie. But why did Ellie change into Dodge? Just because she saw just saw it and kind of reacted. I, maybe. Uh, I. We didn't learn a whole lot about how the key really worked. I thought that the, the person using it had to decide or that's what they said say in who they wanted memory. to yeah. yeah that's what i thought but i mean so, we didn't get to learn that much about it so i don't know i mean what it seemed like is dodge just figured if i'm really imposing and she just saw me change that she will just by reflex change too but it was you know a little bit of a stretch there and then mm-hmm. i also thought it was a stretch for you know the whole thing about leaving ellie disguised as dodge on the floor with the uh, expectation that the kids were going to take her to the black door and throw her in. I mean, if that's what Dodge wanted, she got kind of lucky because it was a, that was another really dumb thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, It turned out to be dumb for even other reasons. But anyways, before we get to that, um, Jackie, she shows up to the house and she's just over being freaked out about this whole thing. She's over the fact that Tyler didn't tell her about any of it sooner. And I feel like, yeah, I guess it happens. Sometimes people just need time to sit with something, but also it just seemed like, ah, the show needs her to be there. So let's just have her get over it without any provocation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then what else? Um, They, they list out the options for what to do with Dodge's body. Take her, trap her back in the well house but they need the echo key for that or i think kinsey suggests opening the black door and throw her in and i'm like hmm 
what do we know about this black door? There's demons behind there. There's bullets that shoot out and infect people and they turn into demons, which is exactly what ended up happening. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't know how, what if a bunch of demons come out and take over the planet? I mean, that's a pretty risky thing to do. I I, I think, you know, yeah, they they felt like they had to do something with Dodge, but they already know what it's like to deal with Dodge. They have no idea what they're dealing with with this door. And I just thought it was a really, really stupid plan that they all went for. And uh, that just, it, I thought it was ridiculous. What do you think? <laughs> Did you have any of that, any thoughts like that? Or when they have that idea, let's go through her through the black door. My initial thought, yes, was, okay, same as what you just said. So what we know, which is little, but what we've seen through memories and what we've, you know, witnessed is, yeah, there's supposed to be deep, like we know Dodge wants, wants access to it. Um, but we're not really sure why. Um, we know that, yes, there are apparently demons that come out of it. There are the, the lighted bullets that come out and can infect you. So they're risking not only having to deal with the one demon that they're, you know, having to throw behind the door, but potentially more, which is ended up what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. But know, I mean, they, have more they don't one, know. But- maybe some, maybe on Saturdays the bullets come out and on Wednesdays just hordes of demons pour through there, you know, like, <laughs> but I mean, what, I, when I thought about it, I was like, well, the, the well, well house would have been a really good idea, but they didn't have the, the echo yeah. key. So I thought, well, what will they do? What can they right. do? I mean, I what mean, are the options? The thing is, they could go look for the Echo Key, or they could decide, you know, the risk of... Uh, this would be a shitty episode of a TV show, but if it was, you know, really happening, the risk of opening this demon door, which we don't know what's on the other side, but potentially could be the end of humanity, is too great to, of a risk. And we know Dodge already. We've been dealing with her. Now she has the crown of shadows, so it's a worse problem, but we got to try to think of some other way to deal with that keep the lights on all the time, you know, so the shadows can't get us and uh, don't risk opening that door. That I, I would have said no, like, no, 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 no. We got to figure something else out here, guys. And then eventually Ellie would have woken up and said, I'm Ellie. And we're like, oh, God damn. Good thing we didn't do that stupid plan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If, if they had, I guess, waited a little longer for her to wake up and realize that she wasn't who they thought she was. Yeah. Then it, they would have known that they weren't really winning, you know, like they thought they were. Um, I don't know. Maybe the music box key in the music box. Could there have been something? Right. I guess maybe they could try have done that. that. Try yeah. that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Why does yeah. this funny little music box key that can somehow command anyone to do anything that they say keeps getting pushed back in the, in the foreground like we're they supposed to I just don't forget know if, that exists <laughs> i mean i'm not clear right now i know they have the head key because we saw rufus give that to Bodie, and they have the omega key i keep losing track of the other keys i don't know if they have the other ones yeah uh, I, I think can't, they still I, have I, the music box but i thought I so know. i was i was losing track of who had what key i thought yeah. the the lock kids had most of them we know um, they had that music box key when Sam was there, though, and they didn't use it on him. So, so I thought they got possession of all that. Yeah, go ahead and continue. So, um, I had a few more related to that, but you get the idea. But uh, let's see. 
Rufus. Now, I felt sorry for Rufus. He lost his yeah. mom. and Now he lives with his aunt and uncle in Nebraska. I did question why Dodge didn't kill him because we've seen Dodge kill other kids. So I think it's just because the writers don't want Rufus dead. I don't want him dead yeah. either, but you know, I don't want him dead either, <laughs> but I just question. It's pretty convenient that Dodge decided to let him live. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good that Scott said no to Kinsey about dating him and Gabe. Um, and I also thought it was really sweet that he wanted to be friends and so did she. Um, but I was a little skeptical that she would let him get away like that because it always seemed to me that she liked Gabe, but she liked Scott more and that she might decide, uh, you know what? I actually would rather date you. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell. I think that's what Scott was hoping for. Yeah. And he looked so disappointed. <laughs> that but he, I think, I think he, was he was sincere about wanting to be friends, though. I think he was sincere about wanting to be friends because I feel like probably if he really cares about her at all, he'll, that's still a way of being able to be close to her um, and having, you know, some type of, I guess seeing um, as having a friendship with her is still better than having no relationship with her. So I believe he was genuine in wanting to be friends with her. I mean, Karen got started. Yeah, but I, but I think that he he look, he seemed really his face just looked like it fell a little bit yeah. when when Kinsey hugged him. He just looked like oh man, I was kind of hoping yeah. she would but, have said no, Scott, I want to date you. But that Gabe. all makes sense with Scott. What didn't totally make sense to me is that Kinsey would let that happen. I it just seemed like you know like when uh, Gabe was over at her house last week last time and. Uh, Scott came over and she was nervous about Scott seeing Gabe there and didn't want him to get the wrong idea. It just, it has felt like he was the one that she liked the most. And, you know, I just, maybe I'm just wrong about that, but she was okay with it. It's like, okay, then I guess we'll just date Gabe. That was her decision. Maybe she just really was firm and not being tied down to, to just or, yeah. or like being like, well, this is right. kind of what I want. Tied so. down. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, Nina pours Rendell's ashes over the sea cliff into the water, which um, on one hand I thought, well, that's nice because poor Rendell, he just keeps getting his ashes dumped on the floor at his house. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, it was a morbid thought, but I thought, is there anything left to even pour out over the ocean? It was a little bit of relief, but she says, you're home now, Rendell. And I'm like, great. Pour them right down there where all his nightmares started. The place he hated. <laughs> I know. <laughs> where the demons are. <laughs> That's what my thought was. I was like, is it just just me or is it weird that they tossed his ashes where he and his friends disposed of their dead friends? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Interesting. And, and, and here at a place where, you know, at lock house key, I keep calling it lock house. It's key house. I keep saying that. I'm sorry. Um, where he, he did seem to be unhappy and did everything he could to get away mm-hmm. from there and not even take his family there. Hated but Oh, here's there. your, here's your final resting place, Rendell. <laughs> Big smile on her face. <laughs> and then also too, she apologizes at the end for dragging all the kids out there to Massachusetts against their wishes. And then she announces that she's dragging them all back to Seattle without having consulted them. <laughs> yep. It's like, why don't you talk to your kids before you make these big decisions? Um, but I, it, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was realistic that they had decided they wanted to stay. What did you think? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, they'd made. I, did, I didn't there expect and, him. 
Yeah, I didn't expect him to say, oh, yeah, this sucks, let's go home. It could go either way. Yeah, I mean, if they had really good friends back home, then they might want to go back. But um, I was thinking about them versus Rendell. Now, Rendell hated this whole key house and everything because he lost Lucas and Jeff and Kim. But Tyler and Kinsey and Bodie haven't lost anyone. Right. Yet. Right now, it's still good for them. Yeah. I mean, like they Eden's think they've a won. demon, but they don't know that and they don't even care about her anyway. But yeah, they think they've won. Yeah. So I wondered if it would have been a good idea for them to go back to Seattle, but maybe they're just bound up in this thing now and trouble would find them anyway. I don't know. Probably. But, but I hope that since they have more time to write season two, with all this coronavirus stuff that they can make sure that things make sense a little more. I I wouldn't count on it. And I feel like I'm going to be more aware of that next season. So I, I might have to just turn that filter off or something and not worry about it. Yeah. Some (laughs) shows you can do that with and others you can't. So I, I hope that I can too. I feel like I've, been a little critical of some things but some things are just at least for me sometimes it's just i can't let it go sometimes yeah. it goes too far and other times i'm kind of like eh yeah maybe it didn't make sense but i can let it go so i don't know i, I, I kind of was going both ways with some some different things in the show i wasn't as nitpicky i don't think as some people and but at the same time i do you know feel i was probably critical um i i hope that they do have the time i know that they've been working on it like they were working on season two by the time season one was airing even though it hadn't been greenlit yet they had Mm. said we'll go ahead and write it up and then we'll let you know i I just Um, wish that like uh who's the showrunner of better call saul um i forget his name it's not vince gilligan but i wish vince gilligan peter gold peter gold could just go in and do a <laughs> punch up on a writer's room. <laughs> yeah, well, just like they could punch up the scripts. So they like, no, no, this is really dumb. You got to figure out how to do this so that it makes sense for the character and change yeah. a few things and have it be perfect. <laughs> Vince Gilligan would be good to jump in there, too, because yeah, he, he did yeah, do yeah, Breaking yeah. Bad. And, and that was one hell of a good, cohesive story that made sense from beginning to end. Dude, this week's Better Call Saul. Oh almost killed me jeez <laughs> so good so tense oh, i wish i had some I, I need to talk about that show more i know i know oh god oh, well. it's just an, it, yeah we'll it's just later. not enough yeah it's it's the, just the the tiny little bit of internet conversation that i get is not enough i have to talk <laughs> about this show i, I Maybe we can do I a, a better call saw happy hour or something yeah oh mm. my gosh yeah yeah, that that's really fantastic. Yeah, I'm hoping hoping that they have the time because we know that they're probably you know no no matter where they are in the script you know and, and being able we know that they're not going to be able to get started on any type of production or filming for quite some time since everything is kind of put on halt right now. So I hope yeah. that like you said they do take the time to you know maybe if they've gotten so far to kind of circle back and go okay let's look at this from the beginning of where we're at and go through it and make sure that all of this makes sense that would be great <laughs> you know? i just yeah. i wonder about carlton cues i feel like he has this thing where it's like no it doesn't matter that's you know it's not about that and just glosses over some things you know <sighs> I mean, if it's little things, I'm fine. But some mm-hmm. some things, like some of these dumb decisions, just for me, didn't make sense. Yeah. And and I I need to. There's only so much I'm willing to overlook. Right. So. It's little things, or <laughs> if it's little things you don't mind, so big things are a problem. But also, if it's like a whole bunch of little things, then it starts to get to be too much. Yeah. 
yeah, it starts to pile up, and mm-hmm. it's just I, I don't want to have to do that for every show that I watch or anything. And and I, you know, overall, I had a good time with the show. But me too, um, absolutely, yeah. Like I said, I wanted to get the negativity out of the way because I enjoyed the episode and the season a lot, and I'm just really yay. happy with the show. And I was, you know, happy to be able to watch uh, uh, the next episode every time, every week after we were finished podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, that's always fun, um, getting to do that. Awesome. Well, even though that was what you considered, you know, getting your negativity out of the way, I feel like it was still spent in a positive way. So, good job. Cool, cool. (laughs) It didn't come across as terrible or anything, you know, complaining so much. But I think you you made some really good points there, and I think a lot of people probably agree with a lot of what you said. I know I did. Thanks. Um, Yeah. All right, so my number four could probably be a note because it's so super short, but I wanted to um, just kind of talk about it because I was really excited whenever I, I saw these two people, or at least one of the people. The other person I didn't know and had to Google, I'll admit outright. Um, but there were a couple cameos in this Oh, episode. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so did you know right away who I know who what Joe were? Hill looks like, so okay. I knew it was him, and then I read later that it was the the artist with him. Yes, Gabriel Rodriguez was the other paramedic yeah. with him. Um, so that was super thrilling, and I remember that was something that kind of got spoiled for me early on. Was um, as I was looking for some news, I caught hint of a Joe Hill cameo. I didn't know where or what episode. But I heard Joe Hill cameo, and that's all I saw. And I was like, "Oh hell!" I was like, <laughs> so, "I was like, damn it, that's one of those risks I take when I'm looking for um, news items and, and trying to be careful." But um, so that that got leaked out to me. But I didn't know when or what episode or who he was supposed to be or anything like that. So I just kind of kept watching, you know, every episode. And then in this episode, um, and I know what he looks like. I've seen his picture. I follow him on social media, on Twitter and Instagram looks like and stuff. His dad. So he looks exactly like his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, seeing him um, there at the doors of the ambulance, I, I almost I, I was so giddy. I jumped up and I was like, "Oh my god, it's Show <laughs> Hill!" And and for those reasons, but also he looked exactly like his dad in Creep Show like twenty plus years ago. Right. It, it, Which you told I, me he was also in as a kid, right, Joe Hill? Yes, he was. And and yeah, he made a cameo in that as well as the little kid um, who wanted to read the comic books and wasn't allowed to and basically kind of made it come to life um, (laughs) through through all these scary stories. But yeah, he looked exactly like Stephen King way back when. And we all know if you're fans of Stephen King like we are, he makes so many cameos in almost all of the movies. I think he's been almost all of them um, uh, that they've made um, of his books, all the adaptations. So I really love that he's kind of carried that on like his dad. I mean, it was it was amazing. Um, I, I thought that he was in it and looked exactly like his dad. It just cracked me up. And then, yeah, the other dude was Gabriel Rodriguez, which was super cool. Um, I I thought I had some, uh, there was something else I was getting ready to say, but it kind of gets released to the comics. So I won't say anything. You should say it. It's okay. You can say it. Okay, well, I guess they also, I don't know when or where, but I guess they make cameos in the comics as well. Gabriel Rodriguez yeah. drew them into the comics as, for cameos. As too. paramedics. So, as, okay, as paramedics, yeah. good. So, so it's sort of meta. That is really cool. So anyway, like I said, probably could have been a note, but I just, I thought that um, it, it really excited me. I'm sure it excited lots of other folks that are fans of the comics or just fans of Joe Hill or Gabriel Rodriguez as well. So what did you think about that when you saw him? Were you expecting it? 
No. Um, and, and second watch, I didn't, I forgot all about it and didn't even notice, but, um, I just saw he kind of popped out. So it was a little distracting, like kind of Nikki and Paolo ish, like, Oh, who's that? <laughs> but I was excited cause I love Joe Hill. And so I thought it was cool that he got to be in it. Yeah. That was really fun. So, and then yeah. when I heard it was the artist too. I, I love that because you can tell, I mean, if you guys haven't looked at these comics yet, as soon as you look, you'll see that the art is so painstakingly detailed and so beautiful good. and it's kind of maybe not the style of art you might think of with a story like this, uh, but mm-hmm. it's really good. And it, it just is clear that he's as much of a creator of the story as Joe Hill. So it's great that they kind of are together as a team for things like this. Yeah. It's the the comics are just absolutely stunning. The artwork is just mm. absolutely stunning. I mean, and then with Joe Hill's writing put together with that, because you're right, the the art is just as much of a story, a part of the story as mm. Joe Hill's writing. It's like um, creative layouts and and detail yes. and beauty and darkness. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wonderful, and and those two make a, an amazing pair. And um, can't wait to see what what they do next. But yeah, it was just it was pretty awesome. Um, thought it deserved its own mention. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. What's your number four? My number four is called Gabe is Dodge. <laughs> 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 Which, when they started showing a montage at the end of all the Gabe scenes, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> because <I was> right. <laughs> because you know, I had said that last week. I mean, you had a bad feeling about Gabe early on, mm-hmm. and I was thinking maybe he was getting a bad rap a little bit. Um, I mean, at the very beginning when he was so into Kinsey torturing Eden with a music box key, I was concerned about that. Like, what kind of kid is this? But she was doing it too. But mm-hmm. I'm like, well, she lost her fear, so I don't know. But I just thought he was like another rowdy kid, like the guys Tyler was hanging out with, those two doofuses. Yep. Um, but then after that, I thought, Uh, Every scene after that, he just seemed really smitten with Kinsey and attracted to her edgy vibe because she had no fear. And so I thought, no, I just think he's um, he's just vibing on her her aura or whatever. (laughs) That's so hippie (laughs) to say. But he just liked her energy. But uh, it was only last week when I had the realization the writers must have had some reason for changing the gender key from the comics to the identity key in the show and yet they had only used it so far to change female to male dodge that I thought they must have had a reason for changing that so there must be some imposter and you had kept saying that Gabe didn't sit right with you so that's when I thought okay yeah maybe maybe Rima's right maybe Gabe is dodge but I but I still wasn't really sure. So when it actually happened, I was like, oh, shit, I hope I didn't like ruin it for anybody. And I said that last time. <laughs> if I did, I'm this sorry. Is speculation. <laughs> yeah. I had speculated about it in the comic section. And then in the end, as a joke, I said the episode title was Gabe is Dodge. But um, <laughs> I hope no one like skipped the comic section and just heard that and then was like, thanks a lot when they saw the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anything as far as like Jesus spoiled it for me. <laughs> no. So anyways, uh, clues looking back. I mean, I feel like now I want to go back 
and watch it again and look at Gabe and see mm-hmm. what he's doing. But um, from memory, I know he got off on torturing Eden. He encouraged Kinsey to go to the sea cave and keep going deeper in to find that door. Um, yep. He kind of stole her from Scott. Uh, he when when they were talking about the door later, he's like, "Do you think you have a key that might open it?" Or kind of casually. Um, so there were there were definitely clues there. And then in this episode, I was watching him pretty closely, especially second time through when I knew that he was Dodge. And he says when they're looking at Ellie uh, disguised like Dodge, not exactly what I picture when I think of formidable demon, which is good misdirection to have him say that because mm-hmm. what they should be picturing is him. And then Scott said, this is all meant to lull you into a false sense of security, which is kind of true. Exactly. Talking about him. And then I was watching him during the sea cave scene and I kept thinking he was going to try to grab the Omega key or something, but I guess, you know, that would give, give away the game. I don't know, but he pretends not to know what's behind the door. She, Kinsey says, if anything exits that door, when we open it and Gabe's like, wait, hold on anything like what? So he's just playing dumb the whole time. It wasn't until it really the very, I mean, he also said, I'm really hungry at one point or I could eat. I can always eat. So we know the demons are hungry, but it wasn't until the very end when he's riding his bike and he gets that evil grin on his face that he really gives himself away. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was, what were you thinking when that, did you kind of think that he was going to be Dodge after our podcast last week? I thought there was a good possibility, but I, I mean, I didn't know but I knew I I didn't feel right about him. He just kept giving me these, you know, I just I was just getting these vibes and this, you know, I know it's just a TV show, but I kept feeling something and something yeah. didn't and we, sit well. I'm so not sure if was, it's in your news, but I read that the actor did know the whole time he was filming that he was a demon. Ah, uh, yeah. So that well, that was must have colored. Yeah. Yeah, and it made sense. And yeah, like you said, you know, when they decided to use the identity key and use it for those purposes, instead of having like the gender key or um, um, the other key that they had in the comics and kind of combine them into one, you know, it kind of makes you think a little bit, which not everyone has the information from the comics. Some folks are only show watchers, so they don't have any of that information to fall back on. Um, I did get that far, you know, and, or at least most of that way in the comics to at least have that information. So we um, were joking that the the kid who plays Dodge or Gabe maybe is a serial killer in real life, and that's what you're picking up on. But <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice to um, to kind of have that affirmation. Like I called something right. I'm Absolutely. not always right. Not always right with those kinds of things. Sometimes I'm Me just too. I'm that cynic that I'm just like, nope, don't like that person. I don't right. really have a, a great reason why. Like there wasn't really, you know, I couldn't really say why I didn't like him. There was just something about him that didn't sit well. Like a story. You just didn't felt like false. him. You're just like, I don't like this kid. No matter what I said, you're like, no, (laughs) no. And I could, yeah, like I said, I could not come up with a legit reason. So I know it sounded completely bullshit, but I'm just like, I don't know. Just a vibe. Sometimes it's just vibes. He started out, he, uh, uh, after the whole crab man thing or whatever, the next time we saw him was, he was just kind of egging Kinsey on to keep torturing Eden. So that, that was pretty sketch. Yeah. 
Yeah, he just he just never won me over mm-hmm. after that. I was kind of like, you know, and whenever we first introduced him, you know, or you know, when he came in as as the the lobster guy, it's kind of like, okay, new kid, whatever. Kinsey's new too, um, you know, no, whatever. But yeah, then then when he comes in, when they're using that music box on Eden, I was like, mm-hmm. no, I don't. Then like he kind of glums onto Kinsey, and you didn't like that he was doing that, even though he knew that Bro she code, had a thing man. with Scott. Bro code. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So yeah, it was it was nice to have a little bit of that validation. Um, mm-hmm. And now we know that Dodge has kissed Kinsey and Tyler. <sighs> Man, I don't know. That's he just gets around. He, making sure there is some action going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. That was kind of weird. Dodge making out with, um, or well, I guess Gabe as Dodge, Dodge as Gabe, whatever, making out with Kinsey, then turning around and walking up the stairs, turning back into the well lady and walking into that party and then having mm-hmm. sex in the car with Tyler. This is where we cross the boundaries from a kids or young adult show in my books. <laughs> Some people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If we, we know for sure they had sex. Oh, they had sex. They did. Alcohol plus truck equals sex. In my neck of the woods, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, it was a little... I thought, like... Well, she said, we're going to no, no, go, we're gonna go that, for round two. She changed herself. Uh, that's right, yeah. She changed herself... Dodge change yourself going up the stairs but but oh you know I kind of think of even though it's hard to talk about this demon because we don't know the demon's real name and as um Scott was kind of kidding around saying well I don't really know how to talk about the gender non-binary demons and all this um I thought that was kind of a good wink to the audience but uh I think for now anyway I think of the demon as Dodge and looking like the girl you know Lysla D. Olivia or whatever her name is, the actress. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I think of as her home state, even though I know that's not accurate because actually that visage that she takes on is basically just like the male form of Lucas. But still, that's how we were introdu- introduced to her. And I think she's a really good actress, so she kind of embodies it the best. So I think of Dodge yeah. as female and this girl for now anyway. Yep, same. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about nope. number four? That was really good. Okay, um, number three. Uh, I want to talk a little, little bit about the battle at Key House. Um, so that was, I, I was expecting, I guess it wasn't bad, but I guess I was expecting a little bit more of an entrance from Dodge. Um, but she just kind of casually starts walking up the driveway as, as the kids are out on the balcony waiting for Ellie and Rufus to come back. Um, so I was a little bit let down, wanted a little bit more, but it's okay because then the effects won me over. So I really like when she puts the, the crown on and the shadows, like it, it, it kind of goes up and you see her shadow on the ground and then you see it grow and then expand and kind of breaking off into other shadows and the kids are like oh it's just shadows not a big deal until the car gets thrown mm-hmm. <laughs> across the way so oh, it's like, go inside <laughs> nope let's go lock the doors um 
So the effects were really cool at how the shadows came alive um, mm-hmm. when it showed the shadows on the wall. And then I liked when the kids were figuring it out, which I thought was a little bit too late because I'm screaming at the TV going, turn on the lights, turn on the lights. Oh, really? You know, I, it didn't occur Yes. Oh, it did me. And I thought, why are they not? I just was so frustrated pulling my hair going, turn on the <laughs> lights. And I don't know if I was... Maybe I was thinking of another show or movie whenever I was watching that scene, but I remember something like that about um, the light killing shadows. Mm. I, for the life of me at this moment, can't think of what it was, but I remember I was like, just turn on the lights, and they finally figured it out um, that that the shadows uh, you know, were kind of killed off by the light or they couldn't hurt them in that moment. Um, but it was still really cool watching um, the shadows um, and how they seemed really real, like they could actually pick up objects. Yeah, and they, I like they, how they kind of came out of the walls and then they look like these just black monsters, 3D monsters. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really creepy. Um, and I liked Bodhi and how he had his like little light-up lightsaber toy. Yeah, and it, it actually <laughs> became useful. Yeah, as he put the matchstick key on the end of it to Well, even just as a light, it. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, key, yeah, absolutely. He was, uh, well, I, that's why I feel like it was kind of funny and, and appropriate that he was the one that, I mean, I don't know that he figured it out, but he turned the light on and when they disappeared, he's like, you know, hey, the lights. Um, but he, mm-hmm. he was smart to just kind of have that knowing that I think anyway, because Bodhi seems to be almost smarter than anyone else on the show, um, <laughs> using the the light as as a defense. But then he adds the matchstick key to it to also kind of weaponize it. Um, and then I I thought it was really intense, and when they would run from room to room, and they would just turn on a light just in time before a shadow yeah. got them. That that was it really intense. On them. Yeah, yes. and um, cool. It's, it's yeah. cool because they're you know that they're powerful enough to kill but they're so easily defeated. So it's just an interesting kind of enemy, creepy enemy. Yes. And and so I thought it brought some intensity um, to the scene and to the show. I feel like it hasn't been, there, there, there's been just been very few intense moments for me throughout the series. It's been good, but it hasn't mm. been really scary or intense for me. So this really kind of amped it up for me. Um, and I liked when Kinsey was in the basement. I thought that was really scary when it tripped around the stairs yeah. and then it, it pulls her Ugh, yeah, that did it for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't do creepy basements. I just know something down there is going to eat me. And when it grabbed her and pulled her feet under, and I don't know if that was that like the furnace or what. And what, she had what, a she had whatever. a light, and it like fell away from her, and then yeah, I was like, oh shit, go pick it up, go pick it up. I know it was super mm. intense. So her her being pulled like that, um, uh, underneath whatever it was that she got pulled under, yeah. is like what I that's like my worst nightmare. That's like <laughs> what I fear is going to happen to me every night when I sit at, or when I'm standing next to my bed. That something underneath there is going to pull me under into some strange abyss and like the the black door, and I'm never going to be heard from again. Um, so anyway, that was super scary. And whenever um those glowing eyes were right behind her, that gets me every time. I don't like the glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was scaring the hell out of me. So super intense, freaked me out. And I thought the uh, shadow monsters looked a lot like Dementors from Harry Potter. What did you mm-hmm. think? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but then I thought Bodhi, um, out of all of them, was super brave because he charged after Dodge, and he's like, "You're not going to hurt us anymore," and like stabbed her with his his weapon and i thought you know bodhi he just goes after it man i admire that little kid he <laughs> you know he was he was all in it and really standing up for his family and he's a super fun kid but i love i love that whole 
battle um, between all of all of the shadows and the and the kids. I it brought that scary intensity that I've been kind of missing. I mean, yeah, I read that that the composer, the music composer, after I think it was after the dean died, he decided to make the music have it be darker, mm-hmm. and that was. I noticed that during this episode. I mean, it still wasn't perfect, but it was better. It was darker and, you know, did take me out of it like the Harry Potter music that they often play, <laughs> yep. which I also heard I, since I've been reading stuff now, I, they talk about that as an influence. And I'm like, yep, I know. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I loved all that stuff, too. I mean, um, I also thought Dodge in her shadow persona was really freaky. Give me the key. Like the queen with evil teeth and everything. But uh, actually the Bodhi thing, I agree. I think it was cool that he stood up to them, but I wish that he had seemed more afraid because he's just like, come down and get me shadow monsters. And that to me took away a lot of the tension. Like he's doesn't seem that freaked out or scared. And so then I don't think of them as much of a threat. You know, if he would have just been kind of shaking and not sure or something, then, you know, just sort of acknowledging the danger that you could die. I think that would have made it better for me, but still gone Mm. through with it. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that's my number two is the tension. Oh, can I, should I go into it? And a lot of it was from the whole attack, which you just covered really well. I also thought it was pretty tense carrying Dodge's body down to the sea cave and scott mentions he's feel, feels like they're headed to mortar mordor um and even though i thought they were dumb for doing it i did love the whole scene inside the sea cave i, I yeah. thought it was a bad idea but it was like oh shit what's gonna be behind there and i loved how they had her insert the key really slowly and you can hear the gears grinding as she unlocks it and then the all the interdimensional weirdness in there the way it looked i thought was really good you know who knows Mm -hmm. you didn't know what you were gonna see but i love that kind of thing just some other dimension that's dark and different from reality and yeah that was cool and the bullets shoot out and they're like glowing embers i wonder what those are by the way like are there like frozen demons in there or I know it was weird because when when you'd see like when they missed and it would like hit bounce off the the wall of the cave it would just fall down and just kind of almost like melt so start cooling yeah it's like so that's supposed to be the embodiment of a demon shooting out from there so if it hits a person Mm. it infects them but if it just hits a wall and falls to the floor no harm done then what (laughs) is it weird yeah yeah Yeah, I think I might remember something from the comics on that but I don't I don't want to reveal it but um. Then um, I also liked the whole thing of pretending that they're it's a classic horror thing, but everybody feels like, oh, yeah, we defeated the villain and our troubles are over and then showing it wasn't what they thought. And, and you know, as they were sort of celebrating their victory and Bodhi says, are you sure that was Dodge? And, and they're like, no, don't worry, we're all safe now. You know, I was thinking, no, they're not safe. I mean, we're going to find mm-hmm. out what it is. But I didn't know I wasn't. Even then, I wasn't sure if it was going to be Gabe or what, but I figured it'd be something. So I thought it was a good way to end it where they foolishly think they're safe, but then we get to find out the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, I knew it. they weren't safe because there were still like 20 minutes left to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That too, that too. Yeah. 
thought, no, we're not done yet. You're 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 going into a sense of complacency here, and mm-hmm. all is not well. Go to Seattle. Go home. <laughs> Get away from Key House. Yeah, that was really good. You're right. Those those were some great moments and some intensity, and I thought really really needed for me because I I liked. You know, I was okay with how the show is a little bit more lighthearted and, um, you know, d- not as dark as the comics, but I was still kind of waiting for it. I was like, I feel I, I feel like I need to, to feel the threat of, yeah, of Dodge in the situation totally. a little bit. That's one reason why I like the episode so much, I think, because they really amp that up for the finale. So, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, hopefully with every, you know, so many you know, shows that were in production have been shut down and they're not looking to open anything up right, you know, anytime soon. And so taking time with the writing and making sure that they're kind of getting everything right and making sense. I hope they do the same with the music. You made a good point. Um, they, they need to I know. I mean, it be would a little be bit weird. more thoughtful. <laughs> it would be weird for them to change the music mid series. So I kind of doubt they will. I'm not holding my breath, but it would be nice. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I just, it can be better placed and balanced, I I think, a little bit. Because it it wasn't just... What kills me is when it's supposed, when it could be a really edgy scene. And then it's like, and I'm like, oh, it really makes a difference. Well, and and you and I have talked before, not just on this show, but other shows that we've podcasted together on, if either in like Legion, think of like Legion and how well the music was used in that show. Mm -hmm. And how the music was like a part of the story. And we've talked about it lots of times in either movies or other TV shows and how lost is one. Yeah. Um, breaking bad. Absolutely. So much a part of it, a part of how you feel about the shows. Exactly. And I mean, we're big music people, we're music lovers and you know, it, it like music really has a way of moving you. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way. So if, if, if the music just doesn't feel right, it can really like take you out of the story. Like the story can be great. The writing could be great. The acting can be great, but man, if the music ain't, ain't right it it can really just mess things up for you so i don't know hopefully i do feel like it improved as as the season went on yeah well maybe they'll kind of look back or i don't know if they look at any kind of feedback or anything um yeah i'll call carlton that would be great thanks appreciate that fire that that guy thanks (laughs) you just have a talk with that guy or talk about balance that out a little bit i feel like there are there were places where it fit right but other times like you said kind of took you out of it i wonder if they will like yeah look at the the criticism because the show is really popular Mm -hmm. and that's why they're doing a season two but there were a lot of pretty you know opinionated critics talking about similar things about how it was a bit whitewashed from the comic and stuff and so who knows, man, you know, they might go, well, yeah, but it was popular. So we're just going to keep going the way we were, or maybe they'll tweak it a little bit and see how that works. You know, I wouldn't mind if they tweaked it a little bit more towards the comic, made it a little edgier, made the music a little edgier. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they will or not. I don't know how that, how that works. Some, some people don't listen to any critics or Mm -hmm. reviews or. I mean, we know Carlton Cues listened when everyone hated Nikki and Paolo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Oh, that was terrible. Anyway, well, that was really good. Um, So my number two, 
I want to talk a little bit about this, which we've talked about it a little bit already, but I want to talk a little bit more about um, when Dodge used the identity key on Ellie. And I wanted to ask you, did you see that coming? And did you know that that was actually her when Tyler was tossing her through the door? When Tyler was tossing her through the door and she said, Tyler, what are you doing? Because she kind of woke up. Mm -hmm. I thought, I bet you that's somebody else. But, you know, when I'm watching a show like that, sometimes I'm not paying too close of attention to my thoughts because I'm wrapped Mm -hmm. up in it. But it was there. But I I don't think I considered it long enough to think that it might be Ellie. I just didn't know. What about you? I... (sighs) I thought it had, I had really good suspicions that it was Ellie mm. um, when she, because when, when we see Dodge laying on the floor without her crown and I thought, no, where's the crown? It's too easy. Right. They're Way like, too where's easy. the crown? Oh, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when they're, cause I thought it was too easy that, <laughs> you know, whenever Bodie stabbed her with his lightsaber with the matchstick key on the end of it, do you think that that really hurt her like it showed, like it kind of inflamed her shadow and then she just kind of melted over the side of the banister? Do you think that really hurt her? Or did she use that as an opportunity to make them complacent, to make them think that they really had defeated her, or at least maybe not defeated her, but hurt her enough mm-hmm. um, for, for her to be kind of taken down like that? I um, mean, the whole time they were like, hovering over her body down there well it turned Mm -hmm. out to be ellie but they thought it was her i thought she i felt that was tense like she was going to wake up and attack them or something you know so i just thought you can't be complacent here but i wasn't necessarily thinking i might have had the thought maybe that's not her but you know i wasn't sure yeah at at that point it wasn't until um bodie went to go check on ellie and rufus and ellie was gone that i started to think oh my gosh what if they what if she switched her Mm. at that moment um i was thinking i thought she was faking it like it was her but she was faking being like hurt more than yeah and that she was using that as an excuse to be taken to because that's what she wanted she wanted the omega key she wanted the to go to the black door and she knew she can't take she can't take the key the key away from them they've hidden the key even if they're standing there holding it right in front of her she can't take it away from them so this is her way of tricking them into saying well this is how you know she's going to assume that they're going to you know well we have to take her to the black door we have to throw her in there because this is the only way to get rid of her so that was her tricking them to get them there and then something bad was going to happen and then but then when Bodie gets to Ellie and Rufus's house and Rufus is, is hurt, which I, I don't think that we saw that um, in, in the last episode. We just um, saw Lucas, you know, putting the crown on and shadows coming up behind him and around him. But we didn't see what happened after that. We see the aftermath where Rufus is hurt and on the ground and Ellie is missing. Um, and then I was like, oh, no. And when he threw when Tyler threw her in the door and she screamed at him and was grabbing his shirt and then when she when he let her go when he like pushed her hand off of him that she had this look on her face like this pure look of terror and I go man I don't see Dodge looking like Mm -hmm. like she'd really be that scared or something like she like she I could see I could see her being angry at being you know um at someone you know 
being able to to overcome her or to you know be able to defeat her but that looked she looked scared so then i was like i don't think that was dodge at all Right. So it wasn't a huge reveal to me at the end. It was like a confirmation, like, uh-huh. Yeah. I knew it. I kind of felt like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so. this isn't all adding up. And even Bodhi said, are you sure that was Dodge? Yeah. See, Bodhi should have been there. He could have figured it mm. all out. <laughs> and what the hell was that all about? Anyway, they leave Bodhi to say, like, they don't even care about Ellie and Rufus. They're just like, okay, yeah. Bodhi don't do anything stupid and he's like yeah you you too um and then they're just sitting even after it's all over they they feel like oh we well we won we got rid of dodge and everything's you know all right with the world and here comes Bodhi and they're just like you know here ellie's missing rufus is hurt and in the hospital and nobody knows what's happening and they're just like oh okay we you know they're just hanging out at home. <laughs> ellie's missing and we didn't really like her she's annoying <laughs> um you know i thought like I, I was suspecting everybody through the episode or different people. And mm-hmm. when they see Dodge, who's actually Ellie, but they don't know it, lying there on the floor, Tyler immediately asked whether the Omega key was safe. And I'm like, man, he just jumped to that really quick. Maybe he's Dodge. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then um, Bodhi goes and gets it out of the mending cabinet. And then in the cave, Di- Tyler is really urgent you guys we got to do this now when ellie starts to wake up you know they're starting to have second thoughts even kinsey even though it was her idea she's like are you sure and he's like let's do this for dad and i just kept thinking man he's really pushing for this i i don't trust tyler so i wasn't trusting tyler turned out to be wrong but Mm. um i just yeah you couldn't really or at least i felt like i couldn't take anything for granted knowing that there's that identity key out there yep you're right. <laughs> yep. Well, yep. So that was my number two. What's your number two? Or did we already talk uh, about number two? It's pretty r- related that um, demon, more demon trickery. You know, we, we talked about all that. So I, I also have down here about Eden being possessed. I was kind of wondering whether Eden realized she got hit, but then when they showed it in flashback at the end, we see that she does see that she got hit and then Gabe sees and flashes her this knowing look. So I Mm -hmm. guess the possession happens immediately and then she just played it off afterwards. That's what it seemed like. And then uh, she's starving. Apparently, demons have appetites we saw dodge eat a lot of stuff too early on and then had sex with that one guy before killing him so uh and by the way we sort of wondered when we didn't know anything about dodge you know man she's just like killing people that she's having sex with and now we know why she's so evil because she's a demon which are pretty much like the personification of evil pure evil right so uh yeah i uh, the other stuff I had under this point we've already talked about. Okay, cool. Um, well, my number one we've actually talked quite a bit about, and that was um, pretty much the end when we find out who Gabriel is and that he was really Dodge in disguise the entire time. Um, not just for a little bit, like he wasn't just some 
he like he really was like the new kid maybe for a little while and she's like oh yeah he seems like a a handy disguise I'll borrow he really was just um him the entire time and as we get to see you know how he's riding his bike through Matheson which again I, we don't we haven't talked enough about this beautiful town that they set Matheson in <laughs> I think it's I love just, New England oh I love it it's it's so well it, and the actual true location is not even in New England I think it's in Nova Scotia in Canada oh um, yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. I I think I mentioned it on the first episode because I've I've read about it um, in in some of the news. I'd have to bring it up. The name of the town, um, it's absolutely gorgeous. But it's supposed to be set outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So yeah, it is supposed it looks to be very New England. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks very New England, but it's not actually there. But um, anyway, it's absolutely beautiful um, and, and very picturesque. Um, and so as he's riding his bike, and we get to see at least some more beautiful scenery throughout um, Matheson, and he's you know reminiscing about his first you know meetings with Kenzie and how they bonded over their near-death experience and then they learned about the magic together um and then as we saw when he left Kenzie that day after the incident at the CKs and he uses the identity key which I thought it was cool that little transition that they use as he's, he's walking up the steps and he's using the the key um and turns into the well lady and then uses the anywhere key at the top to then go into the party and mm-hmm. then she although i wonder how she got into the party because you you're supposed to have seen the doorway before or something yeah i don't know i but don't know anyway. maybe maybe she knew nitpicks already knew yeah nitpicking <laughs> again you just gotta let that shit go maybe that's <laughs> yeah. one of those those little things it was that we a just cool transition yeah let that shit go. that's been my mantra lately let that shit go my little Buddha. Um, <laughs> but then she runs into Tyler and she seduces him. I, and yes, they had, I'm, I'm going with it. They had sex in that truck. Um, Probably like three or four times. Well, he's a teenager. They're so young, yeah. Yeah, he's a teenager. So he, yeah, probably, yeah, I'm guessing that's what happened. Um, so yeah, as, as all that's happening, we're kind of getting all that unfolding. Did you have a problem kind of having, I, I, I was wondering if, if, cause some, some folks don't like having it spoon fed to them. Do you feel that mm-hmm. all that was necessary? Like how they have this little montage of, of us finding out that Gabe was really Dodge and, you know, seeing all of this unfold and how it was all kind of playing back and forth and finding out that Ellie was the one that was being thrown behind mm-hmm. the black door. Did you, what did you think of all that? Did you have a problem with that? I mean, usually you have some kind of like somebody else is discovering it and that's why you're seeing it. So it kind of makes sense within the story um, versus them just deciding, okay, we're going to show the audience now. So I think, a little bit yeah like it could have been done in a in a more clever way but yeah i don't really care i mean it was fine mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i didn't mind it so much I, I i i think it probably could have been done slightly more clever but i think that the way that they did it was okay um and i think that it probably at least helped clear it up in case you know you weren't sure like who really got thrown behind the door or was there oh, more yeah. behind that and you know mm-hmm. so at least we did get yeah, that I want to know the answers. So yeah. I don't know how else they could have done it. So yeah, Ex- exactly. Yeah, we we've been you know talking all throughout the series is we we want some answers. And while we probably do have more questions, it's questions I'm okay having because I feel like we got a lot of good answers the last couple yeah, of episodes. Totally. So so yeah, then yeah, when Gabe then meets Eden, um, where she's like you said devouring 
everything at that restaurant. Um, I wonder if she's going to go on a, a sex killing spree like <laughs> Dodge did whenever she um, was like resurrected out of the well yeah. house. I don't know. But Do the demons have separate personalities where they like different things or are they all exactly the same? Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. I thought it was a pretty interesting twist and um, I thought it was fun. So I don't know. Yeah, that, me too. that was my number one is just the whole ending and the twist and just getting your thoughts on how, how they unfolded, um, you know, all of those answers. So what's your number one? Mine is kind of around what Dodge wants, because one thing I'm kind of wondering is, you know, Dodge has been looking for the Omega key. That seems to be like the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. And I assume she wanted that because she wanted to access the black door, whether to, I, I thought let a bunch of demons out or, or, uh, I don't know. But when Kinsey unlocks the door, she seemed to leave the key inside the keyhole of the door. And then a few of the kids, cause it was a big door had to pull it together to open it. Mm-hmm. And then as they're looking through the door, kind of amazed at what's inside, you see Gabe standing closest actually to where he could just grab that key. Right. Uh, so I thought I was a little um, critical of that unless maybe, you know, Kinsey grabbed it and we didn't see, cause you mentioned earlier and I had forgotten about this, that Dodge can't take the keys directly from them. So, uh, you know, if I just kept wondering if Gabe is Dodge, then what's, what's his end game here? Dodge, made a whole point of disguising Ellie as this female version of him herself so that she could, you know, trick the kids into thinking it was her and then take her down to the black door and throw her in. But what's, what's the end game? Why did you want the Omega key this whole time? And did you, it seemed like Dodge's plan was successful. They didn't really get thwarted. But maybe not because, well, I mean, yeah, like, why didn't Gabe grab the key right then? I guess you could say maybe well, that would um, tip everybody off <laughs> as to who it yeah. was. And, and so. because they're standing there, why didn't he do whatever it was he wanted to do Yeah, at the black door? Because that's, like you said, that seems to have been his end game his her end game the whole time is get to the go get the omega key to get to the black door here yeah he didn't do it but there the door is open the key there is right are. there why didn't he yes but with the thing is we don't know what what dodge wants right and, and we don't know exactly and um i feel like you know maybe <laughs> the reason this is a little unsatisfying what why didn't gabe do whatever he he was planning to do this whole time is because they want to extend it to a season two so they can't have a, <laughs> like ending thing happening don't want that but to you, be it <laughs> you could say that maybe dodge just wanted i mean to get people down there to be possessed right so mm, maybe it wasn't Expose it wasn't them. yeah it wasn't enough to have the key you got to have the you got to have that door be open and have some kids or whoever down there to be possessed so maybe it was a big win to at least just have one of those kids get hit by those bullets i mean that's the most satisfying answer i can think of and having someone else on the like an inner circle being infected because Gabe Mm -hmm. is, you know, Kinsey's boyfriend. Eden is, looks to be 
becoming friends with Kinsey. So they're they're both going to be like in this inner circle with the lot kids. Yeah, you know, I and mean, they're all going to be friends. They the form reason, like this bond, and the, so the reason why that matters, as far as we know, is that the lot kids have some of the keys. Although, as I mentioned before, I'm not clear on who has what keys. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, it would help to know the ultimate goal and we don't need to know that now because we're only through season one, but I'm hoping that once we do find out the ultimate goal, that this stuff will, will make sense. You know, I mean, the keys are tools and if you've already got what you need, then you don't need the tools anymore, you know? So if, if I assumed that they wanted to open the door to let all the demons out, but maybe it was just to try to possess more people. And if that's, that's still their goal, then they're going to have to find a way to get more people down there to open the door again, I guess, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't but know it did, either. Thinking about it that way, it sort of seemed like, wait a minute, it seemed like Dodge totally duped everybody and got exactly what she wanted. And yet, what did she really get? She just got one more possessed kid and that's it. And if she really just wants everybody to think that she's gone, if that was also part of her goal then that means that actress should not be back next year because that's a dead giveaway. But I feel like they're going to bring her back because she's good. <laughs> I know? know, yeah. So I don't know. And then I was also wondering why why was Dodge Gabe? What did she gain by being Gabe? And uh, I mean, she got close to Kinsey. And did that really help with anything, though? I mean, one way we saw it help in this episode is as they're heading down to the sea cave, everyone starts having second thoughts. And even Kinsey, whose idea it was says, look, no one has to go down there. And Gabe says, we're going, or at least I am. And that kind of turns everyone around. Jackie says me too. And Eden says, yeah, of course. And Scott says, well, I'm not one to resist some good old fashioned peer pressure. Am I? So, um, maybe it was just that, like he was in a position as insinuating himself in this group of friends to nudge them down, which ultimately led to Eden being possessed. So that's the best I can come up with it. She just wants more people to be possessed with demons from the behind the black door, but I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was never really made clear. So that's all that we have to go off of for now. Mm-hmm. And what makes sense. Um, yep. I'm excited for season two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah. In 2024. Oh my gosh. You know what? I don't even when know. When little Bodie is like 14. I was going to say they're all going to be aged out. I mean, I know that they typically have, you know, in lots of shows, older, you know, people like in their late teens and early 20s playing teenagers, but this is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, little Bodie, it's the little kids that age quicker than yeah. like the, the older ones do. They'll have to explain a time jump or something. No kidding. Bodie's now three feet taller. Um, keep going back to loss, but Walt, man, he like shot up. I know. <laughs> that's that's that danger zone. You have kids around the like 11, 12 year of age when you're filming and, you know, you film, don't film, but every like nine to 10 months or something well that's those kids grow fast at that age especially (laughs) boys they really shoot up in height their voice deepens (laughs) yeah it's crazy yeah crazy time so yeah we've got some precious time they better hopefully things are um able to to resume normally 
uh, soon so they can start getting some some film on those kids and hopefully season two is written and finished um that was a really good number one okay notes what do i have for notes um you know actually just going through my notes i think we've actually covered all of my notes as we were talking about things um in our top five and as you were talking about things did you have any notes that we hadn't talked about let's see um bodie's writing to rufus uh, to mail, yeah. he asked him to mail him a picture of the door of his uncle's house because if he does get back the anywhere key, he's going straight to Nebraska. So that tells me that at least he doesn't have the anywhere key, right? Which I guess means Dodge has it. I'm pretty well convinced that she has the anywhere key and the identity key and the um, fudge. What's the um, name of the key that's in the crown? of shadows yeah i don't, I don't know, know if that was i don't think we the know the name of that key, but i don't know yeah okay yeah maybe it was the shadow key um so i'm convinced that she has those three and i wish i had paid better attention they showed it really really quick and i didn't pause the the scene when kinsey was um had showed all the keys in her jewelry box so they have mm-hmm. all the keys in her jewelry box at least all the ones that they have possession of okay and so like they have some they do have many because remember okay. they took the the when rufus grabbed the baggie of keys that lucas had yeah. hidden so they took all those huh so they took and, all of those and Bodie even says in the little i think he's in the letter to rufus we are the keepers of the keys so that means they must have some keys to keep yes in in kinsey's jewelry box and i'm guessing mm-hmm. it's um it looks like the music box that they used the music box key on. I think it had, I think it was that, but I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but yeah, she had her bracelet in there that her dad gave her, even though it was broken, um, that had the anywhere key originally. Um, she had that in there and then like a necklace or two. And then you could see all the keys laid out in their different little compartments in that um, box. So they do have some. And I think Dodge has those three at least. Which are pretty powerful. The identity key and the anywhere key um, themselves are pretty powerful. Yeah. And then the last note is more of a question. What do you think Ellie is doing right now? <laughs> Being tortured by demons. She's going, ah! <laughs> I, that looked pretty terrible. Like just this, it looked like a black hole that she just got sucked into and just disappeared. And it, don't want to go there. And I, all I could think was, is, are they going to try to season two somehow? If they figure out that that was Ellie, then are right. they going to try and figure out how to get her out? Is there even a way to get out? Is Ellie just gone? Mm-hmm. You know, I even wonder if Rufus, if we'll see him anymore. I don't know. Maybe not. Yep. It would be pretty cruel to just leave a character in demon hell. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. She could be dead. Yeah, I don't know. It looked pretty awful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, that was good. Um, so we actually do, you did mention actually looking over some news so now that we actually seen <laughs> the um the last episode we were actually able to um get into some news and you had you sent me a really good article and i took a couple of things out of it i didn't want to read everything that we have um look everyone's got google if you guys want to hear more there's plenty out there if you guys want more articles but we tend to talk a lot on this podcast so we can't <laughs> we've got a condensed part of this for time because we like to talk um 
But I do have um, a little bit of an interview here from Insider.com. So this um, was an interview taken with Carlton Cuse and Meredith Averill, the um, showrunners from Lock and Key. So they ask, um, so your adaptation feels much more whimsical and a bit lighter at times. How did you land on this particular approach to the source material? Carlton Cuse says, oh, gosh, I mean, there's a lot to that. Part of it is the history of the development process on the show. We tried to learn from everything that has been done in the past. The other part is really just Meredith and I locking in on a tone and an approach that we wanted to tell. Netflix was incredibly supportive of that. We wanted to do something that was an era of really niche television. We wanted to make a show that you could watch with your friends, your family members, and all across a pretty broad age group. We thought of this as more like a Harry Potter film or a Steven Spielberg movie than a niche adaptation. It felt like Gabe Rodriguez and Joe Hill's comics and lent itself to something that was in a much bigger and grander, and that's what we went for. Meredith Averill's... Yeah, that's... I mean... That they made it broader, so it would have a broader appeal, which can often mean it feels things feel a little bit watered down. And I can understand why they did that, and I think it was a big success. If it's one of Netflix's big successes, I mean, you can't help but wonder if they had made it as dark and edgy and gory as the comic, if it would have been just as big of a success. Because look at like Haunting of Hill House; that's mm-hmm. scary as fuck, and that was a big success. You just, you just can't really know for sure, but it doesn't surprise me to hear him say this. It is interesting to me that it sounds like they were the ones to make the choice. Oh yeah. And another thing that he was talking about is the history of the development process on the show. I th- I don't know if all the listeners know this, but there has been at least two other pilots made. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's saying is those sucked. So we didn't want to do that. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They definitely kind of just did their own thing. Um, That's for sure. Um, Meredith Avril says her answer to that question was, she said, it was also important to us, too, to really retain the essence of the ideas at work in Joe and Gabe's comic. At its core, this is really an emotional story about this family. All of our conversations were around keeping that story at its core. So whether it's fantasy or a horror series, it doesn't matter because we were always keeping the family at the or family story at the forefront. Um, next question you made many changes from the comics changes that seemed to make it so that even fans of the original story can watch lock and key and be surprised was that part of the intention behind the changes um so there's a little bit i'm just gonna before i I read their answers there's a little bit um, of a comic spoiler in their answers so just be warned guys um but meredith Meredith Averill answers. She says, there are certainly many changes, but I'm assuming you're referring to the reveal that Gabe has been Dodge, which is very much inspired by and taken from what's in the comic with the Zach Wells character. We wanted to tell what is, in essence, the same story, but tell it a little bit differently so that fans would be surprised. So they'd get to the end of the season and say, wait a minute, they didn't do that whole big story, which is a big part of the comic, and then get hit with this bombshell in the last five minutes of the season that, oh my God, all along, Dodge was hiding in plain sight and I had no idea. Um, She continues, in the comics, that story is told openly. The audience knows. And also, Zach Wells looks exactly like Lucas. So anytime someone recognizes Lucas, he has to kill them. It felt like it was a little bit smarter on Dodge's part to adopt a brand new identity that would surprise the audience and our characters. That was one of the bigger changes that we made. And yet it is still very much in keeping with the story from the comic. Yeah, I forgot about Zach Wells. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So next question, are there any other fun details like that, ones you hope folks pick up as they're watching? Carlton Key says, for us, the most fun thing was Joe and Gabe's cameo on the show. It's so meta because they have the same cameo in the comic. Ah, we really wanted to put them in the show. And then uh, what better place for them in the show than literally doing the exact same thing they do when Gabriel drew them into the comic book? Having Joe and Gabriel on set playing the paramedics was really fun and making them do the performances a few different times and giving them directorial feedback. They were both very into it and wanted to do a good job and it was just really fun having them there that was a fun thing that hopefully people who read the comics would be like oh my god it's the exact same thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like that kind of thing yeah that was super fun um and yeah like i said just took me back i was like oh my god he looked that man it's just uncanny how much he looks like his father Mm -hmm. um the master anyway okay so that's all of the news that i have for this week um now it's time for listener feedback and our listener responses. Do you want to take that first one for me? Sure. Lindsay Schlicht says, well, Rima, you were right all along. Yay. Do you even need to read the rest? No, nope. I, I, I'm just <laughs> going to put that enough. on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> all in all, I, I can't say I love the sending. Tyler and Kinsey's plan to take Dodge to the door with the very key she's been trying to get all along felt about as stupid as you can get. I felt sure that Dodge was going to come awake as soon as they got to the door. The fact that she didn't made for poor storytelling, in my opinion. Yeah, we're on the same page. I mean, she didn't because it wasn't her, but Gabe was right there. Mm -hmm. And Gabe was Dodge. If all Dodge has wanted all along was this key, why did she set up this elaborate plan to disappear instead? The kind of ending with happy family breakfast sunset at the beach and more questionable music storing felt like a return to a CW show for me. There were some positives of this episode. The shadow monsters were great and actually creepy, which is what I've been wanting all along. The entire scene in the lock house with the shadows was great. I also liked the slow reveal of all the character twists with Gabe riding his bike to meet Madison. Even though we suspected Gabe was evil, it was a well-done reveal that has me interested in the next season, despite my misgivings. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Can't wait to see what you cover next. P.S. Did anyone notice that the paramedic with Rufus looked a lot like a young Stephen King? (laughs) I have no idea what Joe Hill looks like, but any chance he also enjoys doing cameos in his stuff like his dad? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Short answer is yes. (laughs) Yeah, that was great, Lindsay. Well, I'm glad that um, it, it at least seemed to have interested interested you into season two. Mm-hmm. Me so. too, because I like your feedback. Yeah, Lindsay's always got great feedback. I always look forward to hearing what she has to say. Um, next one we have is from Doug Fick. He says, virtual hand wash high fives to all of us who figured Gabe was really Dodge slash Lucas. But why did Dodge go female when he put the crown on uh, to head to Key House? Not that I'm complaining. (laughs) All right, Jason. (laughs) Hey, I like her too. I think she's pretty hot. Um, However, cool shadow monster effects. Um, I like how they scattered like roaches when the lights come on. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Um, and also cool shout out to the poltergeist to pull Kinsey under the bed gag. Mm. Oh, my God. Right. I agree. Scared the hell out of me. So the kids are sitting around shooting the shit while I pretend Dodge lays unconscious in the foyer. 
Thank you, one T. Scott, for breaking up the mm-hmm. coffee clutch. <laughs> Omega door seemed like it was pre- pretty easy to find. I recall it took some spelunking, but Kinsey uh, initially to find it, but the gang cruised right there all the while carrying a body. Where's the crown? Should have been a major hint to the body not being the real Dodge, especially when Bodie found Rufus alone. So Bo- Bodie calls 911 for Rufus, but not his mom. Cool cameo by writer Joe Hill as an EMT. Look like your dad much? Yeah, exactly like him. Um, He goes on, here's what I think needs to be explained. How does Dodge turn Ellie, who sucks, by the way, into Mm -hmm. pretend Dodge? Please explain how another person can turn you into who they want you to look like with the gender key. I thought you have to think of it yourself, unless the holder of the key can. If so, a simple exchange would explain it like, how did you do that? I'm the one holding the key. Clearly, the kids have to be in denial because they dispose of who they thought was Dodge without the crown. And now Ellie is gone. The game retrospective was a cool, <laughs> usually suspects Kaiser Soze reveal that there was a little clue after they got back from the caves and Kinsey offered food. Gabe says, I always have an ap- appetite. Um, make a bigger breakfast, Nina. I counted well over 20 sausages <laughs> and what looked like two pounds of bacon. But finally, the biggest what the fudge blood on Christmas moment was, if Dodge's endgame had something to do with the Omega door and wanted the key so bad... Why wouldn't she follow the kids to the Omega door and do her thing? Isn't that what she wanted all along? Seemed like the writers were like, if we have a season two, we're good. All in all, I like the show. It had some fun moments, some silly and others clearly geared for the TikTok crowd. (laughs) Thanks for covering this, guys. Great job every week. The pandemic is a little less demic because of y'all. Looking forward to our next adventure. And please, someone tell Tyler he banged a dude already. (laughs) (laughs) By, um, by what do you call it? By gender? No. I by, I don't. Even what did know. the What did Scott say? Non-binary. Non-binary. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both Lindsay and uh, Doug are saying a lot of the same things we said, so we're all on yep. the same wavelength here. David Indeed. SK says, first thought it was too short, which yep. is very self-reflect, self-revealing." <laughs> self-referencing <laughs> oh goodness <clears throat> maria lawson says did you catch that joe hill cameo as one of the paramedics wow he really looks like his dad <laughs> f gabe i knew he was a bad guy <laughs> i was worried ellie had been changed into dodge because dodge just showing up without a crown seemed way too convenient i wasn't sure if the key worked that way but i guess it does those shadows were scary in the best way, and I loved Bodhi's improvised key weapon. The ending was great, and now there are two. I will be anxiously awaiting the second season of this show. Cool. Pake Allen says, ah, what an incredible cliffhanger ending. <laughs> it wasn't surprising at all. I called that it was Ellie the second they closed the door, and I've been suspicious of Gabe ever since he mentioned he just moved from another place. So none of that was shocking. However, even though it was predictable, it doesn't make it any less awesome. and makes me want the second season so badly. The horror was stepped way up with the shadows at the beginning. I audibly yelled, wow, when the first shadow disappeared right before grabbing Kinsey. Lucas finally getting to be a teenage boy again and having himself a new demon friend to help him is intense. Fuck, there's two now. Can't wait for next season. <laughs> you know, something we didn't talk about, um, and I meant to earlier, um, with Dodge having to 
pretend to be Gabe, this new kid in town. He's having to go to school and go to classes and do homework, at least enough to kind of pass himself off as being a new kid <laughs> in town. How much m- must that suck? Like being a demon, like, is that what you want to do is be this teenage kid having to do homework and show up to class and shit? <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, when he plays Lucas, he just hangs out at Ellie's house. And when he's female dodge he goes to like fashion clubs and robs them and then has sex with cute guys and kills them but when he's gay he just has to go to class yeah at least <laughs> i guess to not be or and be in geeky people's movies but uh i would presume that he just tells everyone he's in another class yeah i'm not in, i'm not in your oh it's funny we don't have any classes together yeah well i'm in advanced right <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so we did get an email um in reference to the last episode um so they start off hey y'all two things i noticed in the last episode first is that jason said the music box isn't in the comics it is actually in the comics but works slightly differently he also asked if the nickname Dodge is used in the comics or if it was because of his fencing. Yes, it is used and for the same reason. He is a great fencer, which he says is because he used the head key to put fencing VHS tapes in his head. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for doing the podcast. Take care, Adam. So I thought that was really nice. We talked about that last week. Um, yeah. About the and music we thought, box. I actually thought about, yeah, I would throw some DVDs or tapes in my head too if I had that head key. Oh, yeah. I would abuse it Kung in the worst Fu. way. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be no good in my hands at all. I admit that. Yeah, suddenly, like, you're all, you're like a ballerina or something or an acrobat. <laughs> Whoa, you might, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, start singing funny. opera. <laughs> yeah, that that would be handy because I cannot carry a tune in real life. So, yeah, if I could actually pull that off without scaring people away, that'd be nice. Um, so thanks for that, Adam. Thanks, guys, for leaving that feedback on our Facebook page. We actually do have a couple of voice calls this week. Um, first call that we have is from our good friend, Laura. Well, that was a fun finale and even a cameo from the king himself. I'll admit I caught on to Dodge's tricks the minute that Rufus said his mom was missing. Plus, I'm sad to see that we're going to be missing Rufus next season. I really hope they find a way to bring him back. I will say this is an entertaining and fun series, though it's hard to get over the supernatural 90210 feel of it. (laughs) I know that I'm probably not their target demographic, and I'm cool with that. It's just that the writing seems, as both of you remarked on last week, a little too simplified. Like, perhaps they could have thought through this plan a little better. And did Tyler actually think that a kitchen knife was a more adequate weapon against a demon than, oh, the numerous powerful and magical keys in their possession? (laughs) Why did Detective Matuku not tell Nina that her frenemy's son, Rufus, had been attacked, and that her son was the person who called it in? Okay, okay, I'll give it that maybe he didn't have all the details. But hey, the plan... I guess you can write that off as we have many things on the show in the fact that they're just kids. And heck, 17-year-old me probably would not have known anything else to do but to dump the demon back from whence it came. I'll admit, 
current age me may not know may not know what to do with a demon, but I was hoping that the showdown with Dodge was going to be a little more involved with the kids being a little more clever. However, I'm quite proud of Scott. He didn't turn out to be a monster after all, and he respected Kinsey's wishes to have a more open relationship, but he also stood up for what he believed in and stepped away from that relationship. He's a righteous dude, and Kinsey doesn't know what she's missing, but I'm sure she's gonna when Gabe shows his true demonic colors. Way to call it, Rima. Gabe seemed a bit <laughs> weaselly to me, too. I mean... Who goes after the girl your new pal who just took you into his circle of trust so obviously likes? Should have known he was a little hell spawn. Great coverage, Rima and Jason. I'm invested enough to go another round when season two comes around. And Jason, it was really awesome to have you on as an extra special guest this season. Rima. Oh, Captain, my Captain. You continually bring us joy with the podcast, and even though your podcast brother Sean won't be in our ears, I will personally miss him, but family comes first. He will be here in spirit. I hope the strange force will guide you and the podcast to our next strange adventures. Until then, I remain your dark and twisty sister, Lara. Oh. Oh, God. Why do people have to keep making me cry? <laughs> that, was, that was so sweet. Lara is my dark and twisty sister. Thank you. That was super awesome feedback, as always. And thank you for um, those really nice words. That meant a lot. <clears throat> I like the idea of a strange force guiding you to your next whatever thing. I always have a strange force guiding me somewhere into my next um, bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> that's my life <laughs> that was great Laura thank you so much really great thoughts there too um, she seemed to be on the same page as well with us on a lot of things mm-hmm. so not just us um, next call we have is from our good friend Greg alright well we made it we didn't watch the last episode until mm-hmm. now and what an episode it was uh, the Crown of Shadows turned out to be just as threatening and as cool as we thought it was going to be. Um, and look at that. This Maybe this uh, episode should just be called Hashtag Jason Was Right. Uh, <laughs> I thought thought it, you know, I like projected it a few episodes ago. Gabe, sneaky son of a bitch. Uh, looking to play the, the oh, I'm going to date a girl or be involved so that maybe she just opens it, opens the door, or leads me to where the key is, whatever the case is. I'm not 100% sure on what the end goal is, Dodge and Gabe and whatnot. Like, I would, would, why is opening the door just trying to get other demons out there? Is it to, like, possess everybody? Is it, I don't know. I just have no idea. Um, I thought that... Uh, but it was it was well put together. Although it, like the first scene, I was like, "Oh man, that's Ellie!" As soon as the the body was on the floor, um, in in Key House. But like, I it was fun, and I thought that uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, there was kind of a like the paramedics. There was kind of a quick change between one paramedic to another, and I thought I was like, "Oh, that seems super suspicious." Um, but I was like, "Holy shit, Stephen King!" 
just showed up in lock and key. And then I realized that Stephen King would have been older, like much older and much grayer. But so Joe Hill made us, made us stop in and just like his dad, uh, stopped in and, and showed his face because he is a dead ringer for Stephen King from 25 years ago. All right. Uh, yep. we'll look forward to the podcast and see you guys later. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Gosh, everyone's got such good things to say. I'm going to miss all this, man. Um, next call we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hey, Strange Indeed, it's Steve. Uh, this is for the last episode of Lock and Key. I didn't have a quote from this one to share. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I, I liked it. It was good. This was the shortest episode of the season. I went through and, and, and looked at them. Um, I loved the fight with the shadows, and there was a lot of tension. That was very suspenseful with Kinsey in, in the basement, but it seemed a little... I don't know, um, just a little easy. And I, I guess maybe Dodge's plan all along was just to switch herself out with the fake um, so that they would open the door. And I, I'm not sure what her plan was there, or if she had a plan going on there. Um, I do like the reveal that Gabe is uh, was another identity. I didn't really... I had kind of dismissed Gabe and had hoped that that was kind of a red herring, that he wasn't going to be the Dodge identity or a Dodge identity. But, you know, um, kind of interesting. They've definitely set up well for the next the next season. How did no one else besides Gabe see that rock hit Eden? I'm not sure. And, you know, they could have given us a line like, oh, I couldn't get a hold of Gabe or something like that because you think he would have been one of the ones that they would have called there at the end when he said, we got to, it's going to take more than just us. Tyler saying it's going to take more than just us to get down there. Um, so, uh, yeah, a few little issues with it, with this last episode, but, uh, overall the whole season was really great. Um, I can't wait to go back and, and watch it again. Cause I think this is one that I'm going to go back and, and watch again. And, uh, can't wait to hear what you guys are going to do next. Uh, talk to you later. Awesome. I think it's reasonable, I guess. I was wondering that too. Why did no one see that Eden got hit? But I mean, they're all kind of freaked out by this whole demon dimension right in front of them and trying to avoid getting hit themselves. So I could yeah. see that maybe Gabe is the only one calm and self-possessed enough to look around and see who else is getting hit. Yeah. And they did kind of come shooting out there pretty fast. And, and I don't know, was it clear exactly when? Like, was it as they're watching who they think is Dodge, but Ellie being swept and, and pulled away or, you know, exactly maybe they're all looking at her just like this WTF moment and, and no one else notices. But yeah, Gabe, of course, does, because I think he, he wants it to happen. Maybe I think you were kind of mm -hmm. on something. Maybe that's what he wanted to happen was to at least one other person get hit and infected and become a demon like him. I don't know. I'm on scotch is what I'm on. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Steve also wanted to add, um, in addition to his voicemail, he wrote in later and said he forgot to include the creepiness that is Dodge. Making out with Kinsey is Gabe just to go hook up with Tyler a little while <laughs> later. Ew. That's yeah. what he said. So Did that I'd, on purpose. Yeah. Throw that in there Steve. along with that. Thank you, Steve, Greg, and Laura for those fantastic um, voice messages. As always, thank you everyone for your 
great feedback week to week. We had so much great feedback every week that it's really great to see um, everyone hanging with us from week to week on a Netflix show. You don't always get that. People tend to kind of drop off a little bit because they binge it and move on. Um, So we've had some really great engagement and I appreciate it so much. And I want everyone to stick around because uh, we're going to get ready and talk some comic talk. But after comic talk, we might have a special message from a special someone who dropped in to say hello. So I hope everyone sticks around after comic talk. Um, if you want to listen to the comic talk, that's great, but be sure to listen just after that. Um, cause we do have a special message. So with that being said, um, do you have anything that you want to talk about from the comics this, this week that pertains to this episode? No, I mean, I think, um, I don't think they really open that door until towards the end of the comic. So I feel like they, they're um, pulling that up to be the finale, but it wasn't the same story. So mm-hmm. that's where some of this sort of disconnect comes from. Like, what, what did Dodge, why did Dodge want to open the door and why didn't Dodge do anything when the door was open? So, I don't know. Hopefully they can make that make sense next season. But otherwise from the comic, I, I still don't really remember. And you, this is all stuff that happened after you've read, right? Yes. I, I stopped and have not picked them back up. Went ahead with your suggestion of, you know, kind of just writing out the show. So I'm now that I've finished the show, um, I'm going to pick those back up and kind of see where, where it landed. But I know that mm-hmm. when they got, to I might the go back and read them now too. Yeah, well, it's certainly worth it because they're really good. Um, so yeah, if if yeah. anyone who's interested hasn't done that yet, like I say every week, I I recommend it. The writing is is amazing. The artwork is amazing. They go really, um, really well together, and just both of them together make this beautiful art. Um, and I just I, I think it's great to look at and read. Um, so yeah. So I don't have too much because I because I haven't gotten that far yet in the comics. I don't have too much, but um, as we kind of mentioned before, the the Gabe reveal does have roots in the source material because in the books, Dodge goes back to school as Zach um, to mm. woo Kinsey. So there is some of that there. So instead of having this Zach Wells character, it's really Gabe. Um, so okay, and that, then somebody like one of the teachers or somebody recognizes him as Lucas, and then he has to kill him. Joe does. But it kind of happens in this a little bit where we see Joe recognizing Lucas. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of the same thing. Um, But and and, yeah, so Zach in the comic looks exactly like Lucas. So like um, it was mentioned earlier when um, I think it was in the news item that I read that, you know, if someone recognizes him because he looks exactly like Lucas 20 plus years ago and Lucas is supposed to be dead, well, then he has to kill that person. And that's, you know, what what happened. At least I know with Joe, if it happened in further on in other issues, I hadn't gotten that far yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they just kind of made it twisty. So they, they were kind of sticking with that same origin and pulled from that story, but gave it a nice little twist for you know, kind of makes it a little bit different and gives it a nice little twist for the comic readers. Mm-hmm. Um, and just also a nice little surprise for people who haven't read. So I didn't really have a whole lot either, honestly. Okay. Cool. Well, as I mentioned, um, we do have a really special message um, from Sean. Sean wanted to 
um, chime in and say a little something. So Okay, so we've got a really special friend with us tonight, Sean. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Sean. It's me, Sean. Yeah, I am back for a bit to say hello and goodbye and uh um it's sad it's a little sad but um it's not i don't even know a great way to equate it because you know uh the whole time when this was going on it's not like breaking up with a girlfriend kind of thing because (laughs) there it's like whoo that's over (laughs) this was just more of kind of all right well you know time wise is you know just running out of time to do stuff and um uh talking with rima and everything you know it's uh i really enjoyed getting to spend a little bit more time with with my son and my wife to an extent too and it's not that like you know in Rima I wanted to say too she offered to basically do everything (laughs) and I could just come on and talk but you know when you do these shows there's multiple watches and then you have the show itself and um, it definitely kind of yeah it starts sucking in that time a little bit and uh, my son is getting to the point where we're trying to get him to sleep on his own uh, but it would never fail like he would sleep perfectly except the night that we needed to record. And then like 9 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, he's like still not going to bed. Um, and so I'd have to keep pushing that. And, uh, it, you know, with a show like this, you know, we're recording weekly and you have to record each week. Uh, it definitely kind of put a little bit of stress on me just from that. And again, Remo is always super accommodating for everything. Um so, and I'm definitely missing, especially right now, being stuck inside, missing, you know, getting to have the weekly conversations. But for some reason, the time is still flying when you have a four-year-old who's been in the <laughs> house all day and wants stuff to do. Well, it makes me feel better knowing you miss me a little bit. I, I figured you'd be like, oh my gosh, thank goodness I don't have to listen to her every week now. <laughs> oh, no, I miss, like, so my goal when uh, when I stepped away for uh, Lock and Key was like, okay, well, I'll watch Lock and Key and I'll still follow... And I haven't even watched a single episode. I think you really like it of Lock Sean. and Key. Yeah, you should try it out. I, everything like I listened to the first two episodes you guys did just to kind of get a feel for it and everything, and to make sure that you know uh, Jason was like, "Yeah, screw that guy. I'm glad we got him out of here." <laughs> no, I apologize but, for not being you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, I'll totally start watching it," and just no, no time at all to really even even watch any of that stuff. I haven't even watched like any TV. Um, a little bit of Supernatural. I was all excited about baseball season starting up, mm-hmm. but yep. fortunately that's kind of been postponed for a bit as well. Uh, and I also feel bad too. Like this isn't a juicy story either with Jason kind of stepping in here. Like we can't even say that like it's a, uh, you know, like there's great drama with it because it was all just pretty yeah, much, you know, like a hostile normal. takeover. <laughs> Yeah, None until Sean, Sean and Karen start their own podcast and we'll be like, hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was waiting for you guys to say, hey, what do you have coming on? Well, me and Karen have a brand new podcast where we're going to cover weird and exciting Netflix series. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it works out for you to come back and maybe do a movie every once in a while or at least do the last, you know, since we know Stranger Things is wrapping up one more season. It would be great yeah, to have you guys I, do that if you could manage it. I'm definitely excited to jump on for when Stranger Things comes back out. Um, you know, I know Black Mirror is kind of your favorite thing too, but an episode or two of Black Mirror when they do another season, yeah. the weird movies that Netflix has been doing. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that we stuck around a little bit longer because we could have covered Tiger King. Oh my Although God. Although I don't I know. know how we could have only watched one episode at a time. <laughs> I don't think we could have. I, I, no. I, you know what you could <laughs> do too? Um, 
you could binge a whole series like Tiger King and then just do one episode on it. Yeah. Just a big like general yeah. thought kind of thing. Yeah, we could. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to come back for Stranger Things. Cool. I definitely want to dip my toe back in this for weird movies and stuff like that. I've already talked to Rima about coming on uh, Language of Bromance from time to time, nice. you know, for uh, like Wonder Woman and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I kind of wish it was more of, I know a lot of times when you, you got a lot of like dedicated listeners and stuff like Stranger Things does, or Strange Indeed does, um, you know, you always have like these things happen. You're like, oh my God, was there a big juicy story? Like what happened? <laughs> Are they fighting? Do they hate each other? Like what's the drama? And with us, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's just real life kind of started taking up time. Like even now with, uh, you know, everybody's locked at home and I see a lot of people like, oh, this is the time to, you know, binge your favorite show or learn a new language or learn a new skill. And I'm like, I'm still working and dealing with a kid, so I don't, yeah. I don't even have that extra time afforded to me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No juicy stories here. It's just life. And and everyone's been really great because I think everyone understands that, you know, when you have a young one and time goes by and you don't just have strange indeed, you do, do have language of romance that also takes your time as well. And, you know, in working full time, having a family, having a young one, family always comes first. And you and I talked about that in the beginning, you oh, know, yeah. that we always agreed that if there was ever anything, you know, that, um, you know, anything in our lives that were slipping that were a priority to us that always came first so if anyone ever needed to back out and kind of take some time off that was what we always agreed on we might not have said that to the listeners but we said it to to each other um as as co-hosts and friends and partners in this podcast so i think everyone i mean it's not like you're just walking away because you know you just don't want to do it anymore but it's for a good reason and i can't think of any other better reason than your family so so it's totally yeah, like fine. Said, <laughs> people, I don't want people to think there's in, any hard feelings yeah. or there isn't anything oh, no, yeah. bad or anything. It's totally fine. Get that I out of the way. And I've still still been texting back and forth. I just sent you my kid decided he figured out how to climb up on his uh, bookcase and <sighs> jump off like he's a wrestler. That was stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> that was stressing me out watching that. Sounds like you got an yeah, active kid over in. there. Oh my God. We walked in the bedroom getting ready for bed and he's like, hey, I climbed up that and I jumped off of it during my quiet time. We're like, what? Because it's like almost like six feet above his bed. Yes, like it's a big it was up jump. there. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, no, you didn't. He's like, yeah, and it was freaking awesome. <laughs> like, all right, let's see if you actually did this and climbs up and jumps right off. He did. He was way too comfortable climbing that bookcase. That was not his first day doing that. No, yeah. <laughs> Crazy uh, but kid. Yeah, it's been fun getting the, you know, not have to worry about stuff, you know, post him going to bed and during the day and everything. So I, I appreciate getting to spend that time with him too, some more. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm definitely going to come back for stranger things season four, as long as nothing crazy comes up and I don't even know when it'll come out, but no, we uh, don't know. Yeah, I, we don't know. Even then like just those other weird, you know, movies, one-offs here or there. Like I definitely want to kind of pop back in and out. Absolutely. Um, kind of like a, you know, uh, I don't know what it would be. I was trying to think of something funny, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> like well, you know the doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the doors always open, open for you. So you know we'll we'll figure it out. If you if if inspiration hits you and you want to do something, you know, just hit me up and we'll make it work. Um, and we'll definitely just figure out when Stranger Things. They haven't announced anything, so we'll just have to keep watch on it. And if it works out for you as far as timing, um, I think it'd be great to have you back for that, have the team back together. 
Um, yeah, and yeah. I, I want to thank all the listeners too because I saw a bunch of posts and stuff on you know Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter and all that, and you know it definitely felt really good to see all that stuff. Um, you know, when I talked to Tiffany about doing this, and um, she kind of understood like timing wise too, and even she was really like, "Well, I mean, we could still make it work," and it's just like, I mean, I just feel like I would still be running into a time crunch. And but I talked to Richard, my co-host on my other podcast, about it, and uh, he was like, "I feel bad because." you have so many people that like you on that show <laughs> that you're leaving it kind of. So, uh, it's definitely, uh, it definitely makes me feel good seeing all that stuff. And, um, I, that's the main thing. One of the other main things I'm going to miss about it too, is seeing the interactions from everybody that we get. Yeah. But again, being able to pop back in, will be really nice. Well, you know, like I've, I've told people, you know, you're, you're still, even if you're not on the podcast, you know, feel free. I mean, you're, you're, you can still be on the page and you can still interact with people if you are watching shows that, you know, or a movie or something, whatever's happening um, on the page, or you can keep interacting. You're not um, call not going to be in something. you or anything. <laughs> yeah, you should call in. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, that was my goal for, for Lock and Key. I was going to drop a couple of uh, messages to you, like random messages with random names, but uh, <laughs> I've been able to keep up on it. This is George. That's funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. This is John, uh, <laughs> J-O-N. If, if I hear um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle names, I'll, that's a dead giveaway. I'll yeah, <laughs> Donatello here. <laughs> <laughs> we know your tricks. But, and I, I wouldn't mind taking this time to like, thank you, Rima, for like the two years of this podcast when we've done together. It's been a blast. Yeah. And you know, Jason, uh, for getting us together, too. Um, you know, I've always said that Rima's like my older sister that I've never had. Like I have a younger sister, but Rima always feels like that older sister that, you know, I can bounce all this stuff off of and we can always have these great conversations about these movies and TV shows and everything. So Aww. it's been a fun two year ride. I think, you know, I think everybody comes more for Rima than me. I think I'm just kind of, no. side, side show. <laughs> no. but you know, Rima has done a great job with this podcast from beginning to even taking it over, uh, since I've left. So that's the the main thing I'm going to miss is those weekly conversations. But um, like I said, we still got our phones. We still uh, text back and forth quite a bit. So the relationship is still there. Yes. It's just we won't be talking weekly on a podcast. Yep. At least for now. Gosh, thanks, Sean. Right back at you, man. You know, I got nothing for, but love for you, brother. So you're always, always welcome yep. back. Anytime. But thanks again for letting me come on. I won't take up all your time because I know you guys got to talk a little bit about Lock and Key. But uh, thank you guys both for for the great ride and Jason for Podcastica bringing us on. And um, I really appreciate that. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Thanks, Sean, for coming on. I appreciate it. Talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye. Okay. So next week on Lock and Key, (laughs) and I guess I won't be on Lock and Key (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Um, So next week, we're going to be taking a little break. Um, I, I am not quite sure yet. I should probably have this figured out. I don't, I don't have it figured out guys. Um, <laughs> I know Jason, you were really pushing. I was wondering. You were pushing for me like, you should really think of something to do before we, before we record that next one. Yep. I probably should have. Well, I understand. Yeah. The, the choices on Netflix are really limited, so it's hard. Well, there's I mean, not very much on there. We haven't, and you know, we don't I'm always stick to Netflix. I mean, we have ventured over into Hulu. So we, you're saying there's even more choices? Yeah, yeah, there's lots of choices. We <laughs> we did a show on Amazon Prime. We've done Hulu, and we've done Netflix, I and know. and I'm open. So, um, so are you I, watching Devs? By the way, 
Hell yeah. Yeah. I It's wrapping up this week. I can't wait to find out what happens on that. I hope it's good. I hope so too. Um, I've, I'm I've, loving that show. I do really love that show. It's, it's really wonderful. And I would... I hate to go into it too much because I don't know that people would be interested, but yeah. I think it's so, so good. And I, I, I would normally, I think, be a little bit frustrated sometimes with the pacing of it. But for some reason, because it's Alex Garland and because it plays so well, I, I think it's it's done wonderfully. It's, I, me too. Like It's really slowly paced, but it doesn't bother me at all. It's, I know. And, uh, and it part of it would. is it's eight episodes and that's it. No more after this. The yeah. universe ends. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just open that black door and it's over. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so I, I, anyway. I, I, yeah, I haven't quite figured. I know that I'm, I'm taking like a couple weeks off. So there's that. Um, and what I'm thinking about doing is coming back um, after this to cover a movie. I'd, I'm not quite ready to jump into a full series and covering a series with someone just yet. I, I want to do like a soft kind of come back after um after this so i'm thinking of a movie so hey if anyone has suggestions of a movie i'm not that picky um okay i'm a little picky but um i will certainly you listen. guys know what rima likes yeah hey if you guys have listened to me for almost two years jesus i don't know what to tell you if you don't know me by now um i put myself out there uh, pretty much every week so i'm i'm open to suggestions it doesn't have to be new it could be something older you know sean and i used to talk about going back and covering you know some stephen king movies um you know so if it's an older movie if you think it's something that you would want to hear me and someone else i don't know yet um who i've got some ideas would um be interested in hearing us cover um i'm i'm totally open so feel free to reach out i'll put up a post um on the on the page if you guys like or you can just you know message um our page at strange indeed on the facebook page if you want and send us a message however you guys want to reach out and submit your suggestions i'm open to hearing them so um but stay tuned i'm not going away um but I, I don't quite know what I'm coming back with yet, but I will be back. Just give me a couple of weeks. I need I need time to process <laughs> everything that's mm-hmm. happened. Now that now that the pod, I've focused so hard on getting this podcast out and trying to make it really great um, that I haven't had time to think beyond um, what 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 you know life after Sean. So yeah, now it's, that it's, it's hard, big change. But it, is. I, it was really fun covering Lock and Key. I it it was really fun, and I think it was. Um, we did a good job and it was a good show and it, we had a good rapport and everything. So it was, I'm yeah. really glad that we did it. It was great. I mean, it turned out, I mean, it was, you know, it turned out differently than what we thought it was going to be. Um, you know, because uh, Sean wasn't here with us as we had um, first anticipated, but I think you and I had a lot of fun covering it. I had a lot of fun anyway, covering it with yep. you a lot of great back and forth. Um, I think it helped me appreciate the show a little bit more. Um, covering it with you so thank you Jason so much for stepping in as my co-host for Lock and Key it has been an amazing ride so thanks for that I appreciate it a lot yeah thank you yeah it was, it was really cool it's good the only bad part was we didn't get to binge it but actually I, I won't even say that because for being forced to wait a week by week made it the pleasure of it last even longer Oh, good. Gave us a chance to appreciate it more than maybe we would have if we would have been it. So, yeah, it was great. 
good. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And I hope that um, you'll come back for something, you know, if you want to do like a one off yeah, totally. or, you know, yeah, we could do a Black Mirror episode or if new ones come out or yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, you're always welcome. And if you British can... Bake Off, <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. You know, I think I think we've kind of forced it into happening. I was going to mention that to Sean. Well, now that you're not here. We're just moving to all bake off, but I didn't want to trivialize Sean's saying goodbye. We're now going to be known as strange bake off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would have been really funny. Um, Oh yeah. It's been a ton of fun. So anytime that you want to come back, if you get inspired and you think of something great that you, you know, would like to do, um, let me know. We'll, we'll make it happen cool. figure it out the Thank door yeah, is open great. I don't know what the hell is happening um, it's chaos <laughs> it's chaos now without Sean here to control me and, and keep my feet on the ground um, who knows what the hell is going to happen you'll figure something out yeah my suggestion is to pick something that you're super curious about and excited to watch and then pick some person because you got a line of people who would love to come and guest co-host with you I and do. See, see how it goes I do have a line of people <laughs> it helps to just pick something that you're like oh god yeah I totally want to watch that you know what I mean or some movie that you love and you love to podcast on because that will drive you to just you know enjoy it and you won't like it, when I'm podcasting about Fear the Walking Dead, I'm like, fuck, man, I got to find I a know. way to make this fun. I know. But when it's something that I'm totally into, then it just kind of takes easier. care of itself. It is yeah. way easier when you really enjoy what you're podcasting on. If if it's a like, and you brought up Fear, which is a really great example, because I did not enjoy the last season <laughs> of that friggin' show whatsoever. Um, I can't imagine trying to podcast on something like that. And it's been hard to, you know, there's been a, I've enjoyed, I think most of the shows Sean and I covered, but there's been a couple that have kind of started, you know, when you get to the middle and the end, you start to kind of, ugh. Yeah. You know, I mean, that might be even harder. Like I never saw Lost in Space, but I got the idea that it was just sort of okay. That might be even harder than something like Fear because Lucy and I had fun just kind of raking it over the coals. Yeah. Because it was at times really really bad we thought yes whereas if something's just kind of okay then it might be a little harder anyways yeah just pick something that you're really excited about and pick one of those people who's lined up (laughs) yeah i just need to find something i'm really excited about because i don't know that i'm really excited about anything right now so that's kind of the problem so but maybe i'll list of suggestions That'd be great. And like I said, I'm totally open if any listeners want to send me some suggestions um, mm-hmm. that they would like. Because um, I'm, like I said, I'm open to it and I'm sure I'll get inspired. If I Usually once people start sending me stuff, I get really inspired to do something. So I welcome um, all the cool. feedback. So anyway, I, I will stop. I've let that alcohol go to my head. So we, we'll cut <laughs> it off from here. But just want to say, yes, thank you, Jason, for being here. It's been a ton of fun. Appreciate mm-hmm. um, all of your help in... Um, with me behind the scenes having to figure out how to edit and <laughs> do all of this stuff behind the scenes you've been a great help I wouldn't be able to do it without you um and thank you to Sean um again everyone sh- um would have heard from him in his message earlier um couldn't have done any of this without him at all and um, I'm gonna miss him greatly so thank you guys for listening to us um but for now we're really excited for you to follow us in the key house but until then you can follow us on twitter at strange tcast 
You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at stranger cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. And you can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for strange indeed on Apple podcasts. And you can find all of Jason's podcasts on Podcastica, such as House Podcastica, which you're now covering Westworld, right? That's been quite yeah, a I'm show. Yeah, pared down to just one. <laughs> Westworld's a bit like devs. Yeah. It but is. I don't want to end talking about Westworld. I think we should just leave it with a goodbye to Sean and a looking forward of strange things to come. There are, I can promise you, if I'm involved, there's going to be strange things to come. So, yes, we definitely will. So, all right. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Jason. And Sean Henninger is strange indeed. <laughs> <laughs>